Uh, hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Beckoning. This is the third episode, but they're sort of freestanding, so don't worry too much about it if you missed the previous two. Uh, I'm Chris the Primogen on YouTube, and uh, we also have... I'm pointing... It should be pointing up on the stream. <laughs> hi, I'm Josh. I'm the one streaming this, but I also run Strange Adventures if you're into vampires and role-playing, or if you're into silly video game stuff, Gaming FTL on YouTube. Yes. We also have Huddy. <laughs> I'm Huddy from Huddy Fonchland on YouTube. I make Vampire the Masquerade lore videos, among other things. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have Outstar with us today because she's busy. She's missing Outstar in action. Is far too important. <laughs> oh, totes. Totes important. If you're listening to us in your car right now. <laughs> we're putting in a fun hunt on you. <laughs> she said she'd listen to the recruiter car. So. <laughs> so, um,. As you probably know, uh, Outstar uh, starred in uh, the premiere episode, and will obviously be in all the other episodes, hopefully, uh, hopefully. of uh, Vain Pursuit, the new tabletop role-playing actual play on White Wolf, a World of Darkness. That's what World they're called, right? World of Darkness, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what they're called. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, is it White Wolf stream or is it World of Darkness stream? It's, it's World of Darkness. Um, so they're branching out again, uh, which is great because that was an amazing episode, first episode. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, there might be some slight spoilers here. Josh, you have been warned. Oh, well, that, that's fine. Uh, in preparation this morning, I woke up and was like, oh no, I've got to do a stream. And then I, I, I kind of zoomed through part of, how far through am I in this? Hang on, I'll check. I'm What's like, the state of the uh, Camaro? Outstars in the great. chat. It's not great. It's not good. <laughs> okay. Then. I'm an hour and a half into it, and there is an hour left of the the first episode yeah. of this thing. And I I think that's what we're doing today, right? We're we're talking about actual plays, whether mm -hmm. it's Hello by Night or Vampire the Masquerade things that uh, uh Vain Pursuits. That's what it's called. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bloodlines too. Yep. We're talking about some specific series. We're going to be talking about you know the like like josh mentioned we're also going to talk about our own little pursuits in it and essentially talk about some ups and downs about role-playing online and role-playing on you know live which is very different from your normal tabletop role-playing uh shenanigans which uh has its ups and downs for sure thank you very much for the emoji by the way or the mode uh but should where should we start should we start talking about uh something else that premiered yesterday i, I don't really recall like vain pursuit is the thing i tune in to watch but there was something else before that some, 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 <laughs> are you some being show? serious I mean, there's, right now <laughs> there's there's always stuff going on you're gonna have to be more specific yeah i think it was set in it's set uh, in los angeles or was, was it, it san, san francisco, francisco? Was san francisco right yeah no, <laughs> la by night after about a year no half a year of uh the last one i think was in august yeah like the last uh, epilogues were in august so about half a year i'd say uh, LA by Night is back. It's now on World of Darkness, uh, their Twitch, and um, it was uh, wow. Yeah, it came back with a blast. Like I didn't even realize how much I missed the show until it came live again. Uh, if you're not familiar with LA by Night, and honestly, if you're not, then well, don't pause this stream, but run them simultaneously. Uh, LA by Night is a game run by Jason Carl, who is, I believe, lead content manager. Yeah. He is, uh, or is it social yeah. media manager? He, uh, he's very important. Very important. Uh, white yes. Uh, paradox. Well, he's Kane, basically. We know yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. This is it is known. He's the Dark Father. Uh, he's got a long history in the American LARP scene, I believe, as well. 
uh, was he in uh, by it was something uh, by Night Studios or did I get that wrong? Oh, he was working with one of the LARP ones. Yes. Yeah. I think it was by night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I have. Um, oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Close my curtain. Oh, oh yeah, the sun. <laughs> I see. I see the sun right in your face. Jason Carl is absolutely amazing as a storyteller, and I also have seen an elusive photo of him uh, at the LARP, uh, the night in question. Uh, so he's he's been making his rounds. Um, he storytells two campaigns right now that are online: Seattle by night and LA by night. Mm -hmm. LA by Night, I would I would like to say, and I hope you agree with me, that LA by Night kind of kicked off what we now refer to as the Vampire Renaissance. Um, I would say that certainly the interest in vampires started spiking a lot more after LA by Night uh, kicked into gear. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got a lot to thank them for. It's got Alexander Ward, uh, Erika Ishii, Ishii, sorry, um, Bide Walter... Cynthia Marie. Cynthia Marie, thank you. I, I, she's my favorite character. And of course, Jason Call. And so many she, amazing guests. Uh, she left comments on the video. I'm In case anyone in the chat is not caught up, I made I literally made a 30-minute long video of the whole story of LA by Night um, so far. And Cynthia Marie actually is in my comments. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> she slid into your comments. Just, she did. That, that's amazing. <laughs> Cynthia Marie is, is great as a Torador. Um, Oh, yeah, Alexander Ward is playing Jasper, the Nosferatu. Uh, Erika Ishii is playing a Bruja, um, Annabelle. Bide Walter is playing Victor Temple, the undisputed Baron of the Valley. Then true, of course. And uh, Cynthia Marie is playing Nelly G, the... Oh, can I say it? Can I spoil? Yeah, say it. Own it. <laughs> the undisputed Baron of Hollywood. <laughs> She's taking over. It's great. I am so happy for her. Um... I don't know if she's happy, though, because she really loves, we don't really know why, yeah. Isaac Abrams, and he's there, going off there, to the beckoning. That's true. So. Hey, he's joining us here. <laughs> oh, Josh. That's a good oh, thing. Like, if anything bad ha happened to Isaac Abrams, I think I would be a bit sad because I really loved that character. It's a great mm. character. One of the first ones I was, like, caught by surprise by how candid he was in the game, I recall, when mm. I played uh, he was he was still a bit of an ass, mostly because he didn't tell you stuff. Course, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Um, I think I noticed a hint of salt in the tone of Baron Victor uh, Temple <laughs> at these these news. I'm pretty sure you Prim and I like the whole LA by night because we were both up at four thirty in the morning or yeah. five in the morning watching <laughs> yeah. it. So yeah. he he and, and we couldn't handle the chat. The chat was no. so crazy. So he and I were like texting back and forth the whole time, and I think both and I were like, "Ah, oh, Victor's salty. That's some salt thrown on mm. that." <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's been a long ride, uh, LA by Night, and I think uh, they started out with Geek and Sundry, who have a pretty high budget for their studio, so they have like if different effects. I know they implemented like um, sort of transparency when uh, Jasper was using uh, Obfuscate or. Uh, yeah, it's all called obfuscate. I was gonna say obtenebration. That's not right. Mm -hmm. um, mood lighting, if you like to call it that. And now they moved to another studio. They they're probably working on getting things set up. So it was a little bit different. Um, yeah. What's studio. the what's the production like now that they are I guess independent, working on the world of darkness stuff. 
Heidi, yeah. I was, I was going to say, it reminded me of the first season of LA by Night oh, when yeah. it was on Geek and Sundry, yeah. so it reminded me of maybe a little bit better because they did have some mood lighting. The mood, the lights yeah. did change when like Kyoko sparked her palm of flames, blue flames. Yeah. But um, it reminded me a lot of the way the first season looked on Geek and Sundry. Yeah. And if, if anybody doesn't know, I know because I'm such a weirdo. I watch Alexander Ward on Twitch and Josephine McAdam and a lot of other you weirdo. I'm such a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. It's totally fine. People on Twitch. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did talk about what happened with Geek and Sundry. And mm. apparently it was just a business thing is they wanted critical role numbers out of LA by night. And um, it just wasn't something that they could do. And they wanted more from them without giving them more money for their mm -hmm. budget. Mm -hmm. um, which critical up, role. Geek and Sunday, uh, did, yeah. yeah. I mean, critical role. I mean, come on. I can't match you, you those can't, numbers. How do you, you do can't, that? No, there's never going to be another critical no. role, no. which is the only thing that makes me sad about uh, this this kind of new new age of role-playing shows. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They're definitely... Yes, Eliana, I'm part of the Bone family, the Skeleton Army. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh, <laughs> that uh, critical role is should be viewed... Uh, if, if you're a storyteller or game master... Uh, I view critical role because I find it entertaining, obviously, but also I look at it as like, a, all right, here's stuff I can learn. But putting yourself, like comparing yourself to, to critical role, uh, that's just going to make you feel bad. I think. <laughs> it's They're professional <laughs> actors, and they've been doing this for, they did it two years before they even went live on the first camera, first session, right? Mm -hmm. Well, two things I would say to that is one, critical role left Geek and Sundry. Mm -hmm themselves yeah. and two there's no way vampire the masquerade is going to appeal to the same crowd that dungeons and dragons does yeah, yeah there can be some crossover but it's such a niche game and it, it, it deals with themes that not everybody's gonna like oh that's true yeah dungeons and dragons is a much much bigger game uh right yeah. now fifth edition it's it's gotten to the kind of critical mass which just keeps growing mm -hmm. uh very saturated for actual plays on youtube by the way i'm totally not speaking from personal experience um, <laughs> but it is uh it is a different beast and um I, I think it's like every week on reddit you find a thread like which is the best clan what is uh like how do i make a good nosferatu like people coming from fifth edition dungeons and dragons and you know trying to trying to branch out and be like all right how is this game different from dungeons and dragons not not throwing any shade on dungeons and dragons it's a great game they're very very different in my opinion uh but let's keep talking about streams because that's what we're here for not about the games um <laughs> overall uh I, I really liked that they had three amazing guest players yesterday and one regular uh they did um we of course had uh, kyoko don't recall who played her though me neither i know who played delilah but i i don't recall what her but the actress's oh, name sorry. is, unfortunately. I can't very quickly. I know, I'm the worst. Yeah, but um, Mik how, and I don't know how you say it correctly, Mika or Mi Micah, Micah, Micah. Yeah. Micah Burton played Delilah yeah. the Thin Blood, and of course, Talos and Jaffe yeah. played um, Carver. Yeah, and uh, Faye Mata, I think, Mata? Faye Mata, that's Faye correct, Mata. yes. She played, she played the amazing Kyoko. Sorry, Faye, for forgetting your name. Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah. bad. Talison came by, which was great, uh, huge favorite in our household. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was the ever lovable carver the uh sire of annabelle mm -hmm. 
But something that's that's really interesting is that all of these people are in one way or another stationed in LA, I believe. Like they're they're actors, they're voice actors, they're some of them might be models. Like it, they're they're in that sphere of people. And they're all in the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah in LA. exactly. And uh, that in a way provides a very entertaining stream. But like I was saying about Critical Role before as well, is that it's difficult to compare yourself to them because again, they're professionals in many ways. Um, I, I would assume they're getting paid to be on on LA by night. Uh, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're they're getting paid. So that also puts a lot of pressure on like performance and stuff like that. it's. It is a show um, with a role playing game, in the, my opinion. And um, I know a lot of people who are like, I'm never gonna reach that level as a, as a storyteller or game master. And like, it's good to aspire to, but remember that that it's it's professional. It's professional actual plays. I would I would call them. I, I don't know. I don't know. You shouldn't compare yourself to Jason Carl. He's yeah. really unique. He's really a one of a kind storyteller. J Jason Carl himself is kind of one of a kind. He is so nice that uh, I, know. I, I I was uh, it was very cool to meet him. He's so nice. It's actually disarming, and my brain just went yeah like. Hi, are you being sarcastic right now? Like just for a, for a moment when he says something, I was like, "Oh no, no, he means it." Oh, uh, yes, okay, great. <laughs> did you did you meet him in person? Uh, yeah, I went to Paradox Con. Oh, wow. and oh yeah. He was there promoting World of Darkness that's stuff amazing. and talking about that. Yeah, for, that's amazing. Uh, promoting things. So it, was, it was really nice yeah. to meet him. Um, but uh, so for for people like me who uh, know stuff about Vampire, but don't necessarily know the setup of LA by, LA by Night, aside from the fact that it may or may not be in LA, um, what is, I guess, the, the thing that is kicking off this season? What's the premise? I'm gonna point to Huddy for this one. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have a review of it coming out on Masquerade Monday. Shameless plugging, okay. Um, so really, um, as far as I can tell, and again, from, watching Alexandra Ward and Josephine McAdam on Twitch, they talk about Ellie Benight a lot. Um, they, this season is constructed a little bit differently, narratively anyway, um, and it's also all pre-taped. It's not being shown live. Oh, as it's previous. not live. Oh, okay. Well, to be fair, not all of the seasons were always live. The epilogues were always pre-taped and the little vignettes that they show at the end were always pre-taped. Hmm. But... Um, it seems to be that we're not gonna like start off everything in front of Club Maharani with the four members of the coterie and then something happens and mm. then you go. Mm. Um, it's gonna be little, I think sort of maybe snapshots of what everybody is, it's just my guess, of what everybody is doing. And all that this, this opening, I, in my opinion, was very easing everybody back into the setting of LA by night. It's sort of Annabelle and Kyoko going out to meet Finn Bloods, but also maybe to party a little bit, and it just sort of moves slowly but well from there. Nothing really huge happens in it, in my opinion. Okay, so uh, the characters are doing their own kind of vampire political thing, and they're well, like setting themselves up, or what? Yeah, it's a weird time right now because at the end of season three, they strike a detente between the Camarilla and the Anarchs. And so there's not supposed to be any fighting. There's supposed to be a truce. And Jason Carl specifically says right when the episode begins that seven months or several months mm. have passed since that truce happened. So... Yeah. Who knows? It's so, oh, you know what it's sort of like? 
um, um, an arms race yeah. during the Cold War. It's sort of like that's what's going on. Yeah. Everybody okay. is preparing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like uh, you had um, you had Aurora showing up, for example. Yeah. Such a personal favorite character of mine. It, Jason Carl plays an excellent yeah, Alessandra yeah, Scourge. Yeah. Absolutely. She's, she's she's great. And a lot of stuff happened to her and her close relatives in previous her, season. Her brother. So that's going to be interesting to follow up. But I did get a lot of like, um, I got a lot of uh, epilogue vibes from this episode. Like it's very mm -hmm. uh, character, like character focused. Um, mm -hmm. We got introduced to a major Thin Blood player in, um, in the city. Um, I th yeah, just like how you said, it's, it's an arms race. Um, and we also got to see Annabelle make some, in my opinion, fairly questionable choices. Uh, that's, that... <laughs> that's every season though. Yeah. But this one, I was like, what is your justification for this? Uh, she's Bruhaus, obviously. Uh, if it's okay, Josh, if I, I mean, Oh no, yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. She, uh, I, I, I know. I feel to... so bad. We're like manipulating the conversation. I'm so sorry. No, no, do it. I, I'm just, uh, well, cause I, I, I don't know when I'm actually going to get time for this. Oh, yeah. Spoilers are fine. For me, uh, I guess the audience will just kind of have to deal with that yeah. if they're not caught up. Yeah. And they, or, they, or they can save it till later, right? Yeah, warning spoilers. Yeah. Um, we'll put up a timestamp in, uh, in the VOD or something for when we're not talking about spoilers. Spoilers is yeah. going to be at the end. Uh, but, but yeah, Carver showed up again. And he's basically, you know, he, he's super interested in Thin Bloods. He's talking about this upcoming uh, Gehenna War, all that kind of stuff. Fairly vaguely, like he's not giving out too much information. But it's already apparent that Carver was the one who saved Annabelle, right? Like he embraced her because she was killed mm -hmm. by the. Yeah, we, we knew that from season one. Yeah. That's why. And I and he and he told her this. Like it's been, I'm pr pretty sure she's she knows this is what happened. Like mm -hmm. she doesn't doubt it. And she either she's playing a long con with Aurora, which I hope she is, or she just hates him so much because she was like, I'm gonna give you Carver to Aurora, and he's basically giving her a lot of information, telling her how important she is. Like, he, he, he's put himself on the line for her again. And she just chucks him under the bus <laughs> right away. And um, I, I feel bad for Carver. Uh, he is an asshole. The way he's behaving, I would be annoyed with him. <laughs> but between him and Aurora, who staked Jasper to the Hollywood side <laughs> in the previous season. Like, and put him in torpor. Yeah, put him in torpor. I wouldn't deal with her like um, I, I would not throw my sire at her like it, it's it, it annoyed me a little bit. But. All right. Well, as someone who's watched it three times and wrote a review and made a video about it already. Um, <laughs> my, my issue has always with Annabelle has always been that she really I, I, I am not the biggest fan of the Camarilla and like, yeah, whatever, but she needs somebody. She needs somebody like Carver. Carver can say all that, that he wants that he abandoned her because he knew she could take care of herself and she want, he wants her to be free, but she really needs someone to rein in her emotional issues because um, she's making, she makes dumb mistakes all the time. And I was really hoping, I mean, I love the actress, but Annabelle, the character is the one character that gets under my skin. She gets under my skin more than Aurora does. Aurora is a delight compared to Annabelle. So the thing is, is that when all the Valkyries were essentially killed after season three, which was her yeah. doing yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, I was really hoping that when season four began, we would see a change in her character that she would want to, I don't know, she needs to be hurt more as a not physically hurt more, but she needs to be emotionally, yeah. she needs things taken from her 
Uh, so she can really embrace this world of darkness that she Agreed. lives in now. Agreed, yeah. And so, uh, uh, it's annoying to me. So that's one thing I was I was wondering. Obviously, uh, Geek and Sundry has its own kind of vibe about most of its shows. And yeah. now that they're on the official World of Darkness channel instead, do you think they'll be able to take it to maybe a darker place, maybe a slightly different uh, theme for the show? Or are they just going to like give people what they've had already is that what this has shown you i don't know the show's pretty dark i mean when we find out what ja i mean what jasper does to feed if anybody doesn't know he kidnaps bad people his words off the street turns them into vampires and keeps them in his haven in cages and feeds yeah. on them the show's but, already pretty dark it's not that it, it's it's more that annabelle doesn't um she's got this kind of like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to harp too much on Annabelle, but like she, no. she doesn't get it. I guess is what I would say. And like, like you said, Huddy, her, her losses have been so minimal. Yeah. Uh, that she hasn't experienced what it is to be a vampire. Like she, she's ghouled her boyfriend, and her. I, I think her girlfriend is ghouled as well. No, her girlfriend is a vampire. No, she's a vampire. We, no, yeah. We've never gotten information about that. And, and that's that's kind of been one. yeah, that, that's kind of been left in the air a little bit. I guess it's difficult to get people together um, and stuff like that. But it overall, I feel like Annabelle kind of has this blasé attitude. Like yeah, everything just kind of she's got this shielded jacket on. Like everything just falls off her. And mm -hmm. um, the jacket's I, a great metaphor for Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, I would have thought that when she had the speech she held for all the anar anarchs at the end of yeah. this is season two. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I thought we would have seen a change in her character to become more yeah. of a leader. I don't see that so much. I don't know. Like um, more of a kind of person talking about losses and either she would get grew more callous or she'd be more depressed, I guess I would say, like, this is taking so, such a heavy toll on, on what I love. So I thought, uh, so I, I've seen season one and, and then I, I wasn't able to watch the rest of it, but um, Annabelle's character was very cool as like a, a fledgling vampire who didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. And so, so where is her character going now? That it's, we're four seasons in, that's that's the thing is season one Annabelle is my favorite Annabelle because she totally that character totally makes sense. She's been a vampire for what nine days at that point. Yeah. It totally makes sense. The the thing is is that as a, as a person who likes to write stories, characters <laughs> need to eventually um, evolve. Let's take Victor as an example. In the first season, Victor is very he's very ventrue in the first season. He's very like I'm gonna compel you. Control, I'm yeah, gonna, yeah uh, but. As the seasons go along, he's reaching out to Thin Bloods. He's reaching out to Nosferatu. He's he's learning from Annabelle that he should um, make his valley different. That that is a good way to get power by everyone being able to be there. And he's yeah. still top dog. He still has that hierarchy. Nellie G in the very first season, she's very secretive. She's very um, snarky and you know very Toreador. Yeah, a huge wall put up. Exactly, yeah. but as, sec as the second season goes, and we start learning more about her, and the coterie comes together and helps her kill her sire Chaz. Suddenly, she's Mom Nellie G. She's Mompire, yeah. you know, and and that was who she always was. But now we get to see it. Jasper goes from being, you know, Mister Secrets to allowing the coterie to know a lot more about him, and he even says he doesn't hate any of them anymore, which is like huge for yeah, Jasper. It's, it's huge, yeah. 
I always, uh, I always felt that Jasper was like one, always one step away from just going, ah, this is too much of a hassle. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Annabelle's character hasn't done that yet. There is very little difference from her character in season one to her character now. It really irritated me that once again, she had to hear the story of the Convention of Thorns because I went back and checked and that was her third time hearing it, twice from Aurora and once from mm -hmm. Baron Abrams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like she's not retaining the information. And um, I don't know, it's... It's not good. Something needs to happen. And I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't want anything bad to happen to any of them. Yeah. But something bad needs to happen to her to make her change. And I thought the Valkyries were it. They were her friends, her allies. Yeah. But apparently not. I, I think also one thing that I, I think Jason Carl is really good at playing on the weaknesses of the characters. Like mm. uh, um, like Daddy Sheepdo brought up now in the chat that J Jasper's secrets were revealed because mm -hmm. Victor has loose lips. He likes Victor to does brag. Have lips, he yeah. likes to brag. He likes to show off. He likes to. Yeah. He likes to live out in the open. Yeah, exactly. And that he has had so many. Um, uh, he has had to deal with so much fallout because of that. The whole meeting of the barons was because he got cocky, and called for called for praxis against Prince Vannevar. Like uh, Josh, it, this a lot of this stuff is probably like not not um, familiar to you, but I, it, I, yeah, I, I understand what yeah. like. Uh, I, I'm not sure of the context, but I, I know what the, like, <laughs> I guess the implications yeah. of that sort of thing is. Yeah. But, like, uh, uh, chat, chat was saying, like, I, I, I have to ask, yeah. did someone get, uh, like, called out? Like, did Jasper's secrets fall out because someone was like, hey, my friend here, who I shouldn't tell you who they are, yeah. uh, is, like, an anarch to a That's, uh, that's a pretty much Crimson. exactly what happened. <laughs> Brilliant. That uh, uh, was... Yeah. So in my own campaign, oh, oh. <laughs> blood loss. Yeah, that is exactly what was happening. There were thin bloods as players, and and one of them was an anarch, and they all had a wonderful meeting with the the Camarilla Primogen, and was like, uh, "Hey, this anarch is new in town. <laughs> Welcome them in." Ugh. And uh, that that ended well, poorly for the Primogen actually, but uh, just like. Every, everyone got extremely tense in that moment. Yeah. It was a lot Can of imagine. fun. So I, I always enjoy enjoy those moments yeah. as a GM. Just when people do silly yeah. things. Yeah, Jason Carl definitely enjoys when people mess up. <laughs> he loves that. Yeah. And and what um what Victor did was basically he was backing up his buddy, right? Like I think it wasn't I don't even recall the details, but he just has trouble separating what I should tell people and what I shouldn't tell yes. people. Yes. Yes. And and Vannevar came down from San Francisco, where he got kicked out. I assume by the Quayjin or the One Quay. The they don't say specific. The yeah. They don't say specifically. They they say that um, he was uh, someone else took over. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, that's good because the less we talk about Kindred of the East, the better, in my opinion, um, yeah. for lots of reasons. But Vannevar essentially went to uh, L.A. I was like, this is my domain now. He he called Praxis, and and Victor was like, oh, call Praxis too. I'll challenge you and. You can't do that if you're Anarch. That's not how it works. And all the barons essentially came down on him in the yeah. episode. It was great. As soon as, as soon as he goes to the Herald, he's like, I declare Praxis. Jasper like leans his head down and goes, I hate everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was such a that moment. It was great. Yeah. But, um, uh, but to, did it work is the question. No. No? no? no. Oh. Oh, oh, well, there was, there was a follow-up scene 
uh, at Van Vars Elysium, which I thought at the was, Getty Center, yeah, which yeah. was amazing. One of the best uh, scenes in that season, in my opinion. It was the first appearance of Brian Deckard, and you watch him, and you're like, oh my god, he's that so Van, he, adventure prince. That Van Vars, oh, Deckard, he's such a great actor. I love he's his great. performance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what one thing I wanted to bring up way back when we talked about like because it's pre-filmed, right? I mm -hmm. think I think there's a might be a practical reason for that because I think uh, it might be hard to get people together because there's mm -hmm. so many so many different people involved in this project right now. I can mm -hmm. really see the advantage of pre-filming it at different times so everyone's schedules kind of lines up because also. I, I'm gonna. Uh, this is just my theory here, but obviously, since you're out of Geek and Sundry now, and it's on their own legs, it's a little like they have to build up something new from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of talk with investors. They have Backblaze, and who else is sponsoring them? Level Up Dice. Level Up Dice. Yeah. So that, that that's that's great. But I still think that they're trying to be a bit careful. Like, if you have people coming in and record at inconvenient times, that's going to be much more costly. Uh, it would be here in Sweden anyway, like recording something after 6 p.m. You'd have to pay them a lot more money. So mm -hmm. all these kind of stuff makes it make perfect sense to have pre-recorded stuff. Plus, they could be in the chat with us while we were watching. I see absolutely no downside to it being pre-taped. It was interesting when I was when Alexander Ward first talked about it. And Jason Carl had also made a video for the World of Darkness YouTube channel. People were very like upset about it. And I, I honestly can't understand why one it's pre-taped so that guarantees that all the actors who are going to be in it are going to be in it um the production time is shorter because mm -hmm. they're all together they as according to alexander board they filmed it in like all of it in 10 days or something oh, wow. yeah. um so that keeps the emotions high it keeps everybody on track so they don't forget things over That's a week's good. time yeah. because that happens a lot um and they get to be in the chat with us which that chat was crazy yeah, I don't know how anyone could read anything in a chat like that. Uh, <laughs> That's a really interesting way of making it. Yeah. Because uh, when when you're doing a, a, an actual play live streamed on Twitch, obviously you're, you're playing and uh, a lot of people are also in the chat. So you're like concentrating on multiple things. You're concentrating on the story, your character sheet, the, the chat, all of these other things that you're thinking about. Um, and I don't, I don't, I think that kind of takes advantage of, of Twitch's benefits, mm. being able to do it live, be there in chat. But I guess as the show actually happens, most of the time, most shows I've seen don't really, uh, interact with chat particularly often. And as, especially, uh, uh, LA by night, right? They don't have chat in front no, of them. No. They don't talk to chat. They just get, yeah. they, they do the show, right? Yeah. I know Critical so, Role initially had some involvement with the chat, but that became completely unmanageable by the end. By oh, I can imagine. Episodes. You can't keep track of that. Every, like first episode, <laughs> chat orders them pizza, apparently. So that was the thing that happened. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen all of season one because I, I can't, I have a big problem with bad audio. Uh, it does, it makes it very difficult to listen to. And like the first 20 mm. episodes has, not very good audio yeah. but I, I, yeah. I love critical role critical role is, is amazing it, it is good um but i agree with you josh that uh it, it is a pity that there's no not a lot of interaction with these big productions uh with the chat or 
Well, that's the thing. I'm. It's it's interesting because it doesn't necessarily lose all that much. It still gets the show out. It still is live, so everyone can be in chat at the same time. And then the actors are free to be in yeah. chat mm-hmm. with chat, yeah. which uh, I don't. I don't. I I thought I would think it was an awful idea, but I I've kind of come around to it as a, a way of doing it. It's yeah. not not the worst idea ever. It's like a no. You familiar with YouTube's premiere function? Yeah. So you yeah, yeah. basically yeah. put out a video as a live stream and then you're yeah. you're in chat. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. That's true. I, apparently the concern was people were thinking they were going to edit it and they were going to change. And yes, it, yes. So that yeah. if they'd edited it and put it out as like a slick production with like star wipes or whatever, if they if they made cuts, like even the basic kind of editing, just making cuts, I think that probably would have defeated the purpose of making it a live stream. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if they if they didn't do that, then that's even better. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I think it was um, honestly I I'm very excited to see the rest of season four, oh, and yes. um, I want to see more Vanivar stuff because um, I, I season three was a little too big of a scope for me. I recall feeling that season three was too too much all over the place. No, that's that's the wrong way of putting it. But there were so many characters, so many high stakes going on that it got a little bit yeah. hard to follow. By the I would end. say the stakes were really high yeah. in season three, but uh, season three is my favorite so far. I mean, we got to go back to revolutionary France. Oh, that's with true. That Alexander was Ward playing playing Francois Villon. You know, yeah. oh, come on, that was, that was great. A, it was an amazing episode, <laughs> and uh, and um, and uh, Marie got Antoinette. No. Yes, Marie Antoinette. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. We had Lucita, so many great characters. Lucita de Aragon. Yes, um, but I'm excited about this. I uh, want to see more of the ghouls, the little rose garden, but they're not really roses. They're daffodils and uh, daffodil and lavender. Yeah, I love them. They're great. Yeah. Their attack on on the on the uh, Second Inquisition headquarters was just uh, was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, mine too. That was with Eve before she was a Lazumbra. Oh, yeah. So a lot of stuff is a lot of stuff has been going on. Sorry, um, but season four is starting strong. I hope it's going to keep continue. Mm-hmm. And Jason Cole, of course, as always, is a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the show should we move on because it's been like half an hour. I think we we uh... sure yeah. I I, I, I <laughs> Josh is like I'd to... like to say things too. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I've been I've been thinking things. I've been trying to follow along. And and most of it makes sense. I know who Annabelle and Victor are. Yeah. Good. I'm I'm really. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be me next time when we do uh, when we do Bloodlines two because I I know so little about Bloodlines two so I'm gonna listen to you guys. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, pro- I, Josh knows way more than me because I am gonna play it blind, so I'm trying not to spoil myself way too much. Right. Well, the the thing is, everyone was like, "Let's do a Bloodlines two episode next time," and I'm like, I have immediately forgotten all of the things that I made all those videos about. Okay, well, this is good. It's, That's it's good. fine. You got another two weeks or something too. Yeah, to, to I'm. Uh, I'm actually going again. to be looking at the. Uh, uh, ARG they've done. I, Ooh, I need to yeah. brush up on exactly yeah. what happened with that. But uh, this this episode, let's do this one first. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think we're going to move on to another thing. Uh, I think we should talk about Vain Pursuit a little bit. Yes. We yes. can talk about the stuff around it, and we can talk a little bit about the episode. 
Can, uh, can I say one thing? Yes, of course. Of course you <laughs> the can. very first time I saw the title, I got so excited because it's a play on words and I'm a sucker for that. It, it's Bane Pursuit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bane like blood. Bane. I, I, I told my, my wife was just like, that's not funny. And I'm like, it's so funny. It's great. <laughs> it, it is I, funny. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, a bit of a, a pun. At, uh, what's what's do the it. opposite of enthusiasm for puns? Like, negative enthusiasm like oh, uh, every time i hear a pun it hurts yeah hurts yeah unthusiasm <laughs> it hurts myself enthusiasm yeah. for puns it's it's still a good name i mean i i named my show blood lost because bloodlust I, I couldn't think of anything better so <laughs> yeah. uh. I that, to that totally does it for me I'm, every, I'm in yeah every time i try to do puns it just falls completely flat so i just go 100 percent uh straight you mean like the myself. b puns in our little chicago stories <sighs> the horrible puns. you gotta stop doing that uh, plan b uh, stop b, don't, yeah no don't, don't stop <laughs> I, I will groan, but don't stop. <laughs> yeah, but that's... Uh, I was going to say Nate again. That's Harry in a nutshell. He <laughs> is our little chaos goblin in the in the Changeling campaign as well. Um, and he just... Uh, he's um, he's the kind of, you know, go-getter, action-focused kind of guy when he's playing. I can appreciate that. It makes it very difficult to plan for, as a storyteller, however. So, You're up for the challenge, I'm sure. I hope so. But... Uh, Vein pursuits interesting as well because the roads they're gonna follow out are laid out like veins, you know. That was a thing too. I love that. Yeah. So Vayne... it reminded me of yeah. uh, the the map screen in uh, Coteries of New York. That was a really mm -hmm. cool map screen oh, with yeah, the yeah. kind of blood throwing flowing through the streets. Yeah, that was a nice aesthetic. Yeah, it's great. It was kind of gross, but it was nice. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that too. Coteries had Coteries had the aesthetics of Vampire Down to a hundred percent for sure. And I'm glad that Paradox uh, worked closely with them. I, I think they have a very good visual idea of what they want to do with uh, with Bloodlines too, and with Vampire in general. Like they have a very strong sense of aesthetic for for, for the game. Like if you want to talk about V5, I think V5 is in its in its design very well adapted to a to a vampire game in in the 21st century. But Vain Pursuits is about a group of five vampires. I don't even know if they're coterie. Uh, I don't think they ever referred to them as a coterie. So <laughs> they did. They literally just meet. I think. No, it's, they're... it's like any vampire anarch coterie. They're just a bunch of people. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know Veronica, all together in yeah, the same place. Veronica sits in the car like, "Okay, so what do you guys do? What are you good at?" Yeah, they're just like nines just recruited them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. As far as I can tell. Yeah, they got recruited by Nice Rodriguez, uh, given some ghouls and some stuff, and essentially told, hey, go find our courier who's going to Seattle, who's who's uh, been uh, stopped, or we're suspecting that someone essentially is going to take what they're delivering, mm -hmm. and we want you to help them out. And Karim is a great DM. Someone just mentioned in the in the chat. Karim is really fun. He... Uh, he uh, does the same thing that I do when I'm storytelling, like slowly spinning the chair while he's talking, uh, which I can <laughs> to right away. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it was also pre-recorded, and I know most of the people playing were staff at Paradox or mm -hmm. Paradox-aligned companies, right? Except, uh, they were all yeah. Paradox employees. Oh, right, right. And then you had... Or Hardsuit Labs yeah, in Florian's exactly. case. That's, that's, that's the one I was thinking, yeah. And uh, Huddy, Huddy, uh, I was sorry, came in as as a uh, an outside player and completely kicked ass. Venture. Yeah. Style. So um, 
Well, they don't. They don't know she's a. We know she's a venture, but they don't know. Oh, that's right? true. She she never revealed that. Um, I don't think. I mean, she's <laughs> dropped some pretty big hints. She's walking around like, using dot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just yeah, walking around in a big leather jacket like, oh, I'm an anarch, but also incredibly good posture and yeah. telling people what to, to do. do. Very bustling, very, very bustling. And compelling people and everything. That was great. Yeah, I, I, I liked her character right away. Um, I, I, I shouldn't say anything because I was six players for Changeling, but when you have five players together, it takes a while for, mm -hmm. for the dynamic to get established. Um, and... One of the things I'm going to talk about later when it comes to online tabletop role-playing in, in a stream is that time is such a commodity when it comes to these shows that um, I, I saw some comments on the YouTube upload that people were like, oh, it's a little stiff, da, 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 da. Like, yeah, it's the first episode. It's the first time they're ever doing anything. I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. I have so um, much yeah. to say about that that yeah. irritates me. Yeah. <laughs> and that... that goes back to like oh i wanted jason carl's like it's almost like this jason carl you, you can't have jason carl for everything that'd be great but he's no. one man damn it he's great he was doing a great job and, he was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. and and the players they're 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 playing off each other you have immediately personalities clashing with each other which i thought was really great um there was some really like the the, the i keep forgetting the name of the car um the camaro when it got blown up and the Bruja was like, that was a background dot, man. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and, um, I paid for that. Yeah, I really liked Meyer's character. Yeah, Meyer's I too. really enjoyed yeah. it. I like that he's constantly smoking. That was hilarious. Yeah. And just chain smoking as a vampire. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I think Karim's uh, acting at, when he did the ghoul was, was really excellent. And yeah. the whole setup felt really well planned out. And... Mm. Um, Overall, I, I I was very impressed. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more episodes. It's it's pre-recorded as well, which gives the advantage of adding some special effects. I'm assuming in post, like with the little uh, avatars moving around on the battle map, because uh, I don't think they were painting those. Quite in. possibly. I don't I don't know what they used for that. But um, so I'm I'm wondering, and Huddy, uh, you were saying you wanted to say something, so I'll make this mm -hmm. super quick. Uh, but uh, I am wondering. If in the first episode there are many hints as to what the implications on the kind of bloodlines one and two stories are, because the the idea behind this was it would connect them. Uh, so, I yeah, it, at the end of that episode, is there something mm. that hints to that, or is that coming? No, there's in my Prem might have a different opinion, but in my opinion, there is really nothing yet besides the fact that Nines Rodriguez sent them on this little mission hmm. um, that really connects anything to do with Bloodlines 1 and 2. Nothing yet. But there are several production notes that show up on the side of the screen there that do say, like, this doesn't make sense now, but it will in future episodes. It says that a couple of times during the stream uh, or during the video. So I'm pretty sure we're going to get more information about that. But this was just, you know, the first part. And so I don't think anything yet. My okay, cool. Yeah, I, I think as well that um, one can only theorize what is being delivered. Um, for a second, I was like, maybe this also connects to Seattle by night. Like maybe it has something to do with the uh, thing they retrieved. I haven't. I've only seen two or three episodes of Seattle by night. I need to catch up on that. Um, but I, I, I couldn't really connect the dots there. Um, now Seattle by night's a way different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I mean like maybe what they, the courier was delivering oh. might have something to do with, you know, what's going on in Seattle by night. Um, who knows? 
but yeah, I, I didn't see the obvious connection except for Nines Rodriguez, obviously, uh, to to the um, someone's using their car very loudly outside. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's gonna reveal itself. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they have a set amount of episodes. Like, is it ten episodes they have planned for it, or is it less? Eight episodes? I actually don't know. I read somewhere that I, I I don't know if they told anyone, but um, I if if they've you know, pre-recorded all of it. And I guess Outstar is not there anymore, so they must have finished it. Uh, <laughs> so I, there must uh, be a certain amount of episodes. Uh, oof, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say here. Outstar, tell me in the chat. Prim. <laughs> um, Loose lips, Prim. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she recorded everything already. I, I don't I don't know. Actually, I don't know as much as it might be. It might be I, I don't know. Uh, who knows? But, but um, I, I do hope that I do hope that they have time to, like, I, I would hope that they would do recording in more sessions because that would give them time to look back at what they did and maybe feedback from the community and improve certain aspects of it if they feel like they needed to. Because, that, again, that's one of the advantages of not recording everything right away. But then, you, like Josh, you were saying, you can get input from, from chat and from, mm. from comments and be like, all right, we got to fix that, we got to change that, give you more prep time to set up new stuff in the background. Like... Uh, the the sets were a little bit lackluster in in season four of LA by night because they were new so that's why I would be like maybe they should have you know spanned it out over more weeks of recording so that they could have if they were going to improve it uh, could could be that next episode is going to be an amazing set who knows but uh, I, th I felt like they had they had good equipment good audio audio is mm -hmm. always super important and um, like you could tell that they're, they they've talked with each other a bit a bit before about their characters, um, but I can I can see why some people thought it was a little bit stiff, and especially in the beginning. I have Had, so much to say about Hadi, this. Tell me, tell me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get back to your thing because okay. I, I think we may align on some stuff. Okay. Well, again, as someone who likes to write stories, um, stories need to start off in medias rea, so in the middle of things. And um, I'm really new to TTRPGs, as you guys know. Your guys are playing the first one ever with me. So, but I've watched a lot. Since Finding LA by Night, I've watched Long Beach by Night, Seattle by Night, watched The Cult of the Blood Gods, uh, so many. How do you have the time? Uh, <laughs> I have the time? I, I don't sleep very often. <laughs> anyway, um, and the most important thing to me is that a first session is never gonna be great. Even watching the first episode of LA by Night, I'm like, oof. I don't know about this. This yeah, is kind of yeah. slow. This is kind of weird. But that's how things need to start. You need to ease into it. The players need to ease into it. And I'm sorry, it's really good. You, you got to give it a second. It's like when you're starting a book, you know, and it's not, you don't really know what's going on. And, you know, but you got to give it a second. Give it a yeah. second. Give it a chance. And then it gets really good. By the end of Vain Pursuit, I was upset that it was over. I was like, no, nah, I want more. And um, that, a lot of people don't, I know, I think it's because of the times that we live in maybe is that a lot of people don't want to wait or they want really high production value or they want something they can invest in immediately and get that instant gratification, maybe. But, I, yeah. I, I, see, I, see, I see your point, absolutely. Uh, but this goes back to the whole thing, like are they a coterie or are they just hired by Nines Rodriguez and thrown together into a pile? Because if 
if they're all like supposed to be a coterie that sort of know each other, there's always they, they probably had a session zero, I would assume, before they started mm -hmm. recording. But that's one of the most crucial uh, elements, in my opinion, to starting a, a game good, starting a game well. Sorry, that you <laughs> you sit down, you design your characters together, you talk what kind of themes do we want, like even the. Even the Chronicle Tenets uh, for, for Vampire is supposed to be developed together cooperatively. So uh, you can certainly lessen the effect of this stiffness. And again, I'm not saying it, it, it was, you know, it, it was bad uh, at all. Um, and I was so hyped after LA by Night that, and I was doing laundry at the same time, as you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, you kept I, telling me you're doing I, laundry. I, I would say it's definitely one of the one of the better uh, actual plays that I watched. I haven't watched that many. I don't have the time, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I think we could have done with some more character development before the action happened. I guess. I guess is what I'm what I'm saying. Uh I want to ask Josh because he said he might have been on the same wavelength as me, but I just want to make a point. If you've ever watched Long Beach by Night, the first episode is really hard to get through okay. because B. Dave Walters immediately starts the episode off banging on the table really loud and going, police, police. You know, it's mm. immediate into, I mean, that's like really in Medias Rea. It's mm. like immediately mm. into action. And you have no idea what's going on. You're totally confused. And it's not like till like 45 minutes into it where you're like, oh, that's what's happening. And that's a little extreme in my opinion. But um, this vain pursuit was great in my opinion. Mm. And I've watched a mm. lot of actual plays. This was great. It's a perfect easing into it. And Kareem, by like the hour mark, he's like so into being oh, yeah. storyteller. Oh, yeah, and it was sure. so cute. I loved it. <laughs> For sure, he it's did, adorable. It, yeah, it was it was a great job. Um, sorry, Josh, you were uh, sorry. Oh no, I I was agreeing. Like uh, whether or not people have had the opportunity to play games at home, if you are watching an actual play, uh, you it it's a weird kind of double standard. Sometimes people people don't necessarily want a recreation of what they can play at yeah. home but they also want to see people play the game. So, uh, yeah, like like Heidi said, it's really difficult sometimes to build up the the, the momentum at the mm. beginning of a game when people may not have spent that much time together. Like, uh, in Vain Pursuits, I don't know how much they, they played beforehand, how much they talked beforehand, but no matter what, that that's how groups work. That's how the game is played. Oh, yeah. And I, I think they did really well to, like characterize and, and introduce us to how people act uh between each other they they introduced the the premise of the show really well and like they yeah they got me excited for more because there was that like immediate conflict yeah, where they were sure. just kind of going in i i, I like the bit with the the nervous ghoul who had to give them like GPS I coordinates think it was or something. Sam or Steve or something. Yeah, yeah some, something yeah. like that. And they, <laughs> yeah. they all had like various reactions to this guy completely barefaced lying to him. And yeah. then like, they all, one of them just left and was like, Yeah, Meyer hey, just left. Off. He's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got to go. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. And so like the in, in, inter party dynamic was pretty well established, I yeah. feel. And yeah. I think I think that's sure. like as best as you can hope for in an episode one. Yeah. Can I uh, can I say something? Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, you know what I loved? You know what made me laugh so hard was um, Kareem went a really long time describing the the I, I don't know how to say it. I don't know anything about cars. Um, 
the name of the car begins with the C. Uh, Camaro. Camaro. Cam yeah. Camaro. He went really long into explaining it into the camper to what where everyone's sitting and blah 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 and whatever. And then he just has everything explode. Yeah, dead face. It didn't matter at all. Dead pan and it blows up. It's like what? That made me laugh so because he took such time and detail explaining everything yeah. and then he just made it blow up. And, you, and then, you know, of course, that means Meyer doesn't have a home because <laughs> he was carting around his home, his trailer. Yeah. He even made oh, a point of being, saying where in the caravan he's sleeping. Like, yeah, he sleeps in a fake gas tank. Yeah. He, like, it was and all everyone... worked out so well. I felt so bad for him. It was so, I don't know. Yeah. I just couldn't stop laughing. The idea of it was so funny. Yeah. And then, of course, I felt so bad. I mean, he was brutal. Once the action began, everyone kept getting shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was so brutal. It was great. Uh, I love Mayer's last line though at the end of the episode as well. Like, so anyone knows the land? <laughs> yeah, it's like something like that. Anyone knows the area? And it was like anyone, anyone familiar with the area, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, it definitely left on a good cliffhanger. I'm super yeah. looking forward to more of it. And um, like again, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that they weren't good, um, but I, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot too. I like how Camellia was forced by a compulsion. I think because she like, I think did she throw like three messy criticals or something? There in was a, a row? lot of messy crits in the game, yeah. And she and she, was... she she was convinced she had to be the one to kill the guy with the rifle, right? The guy on the ridge, yeah. 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 And she finally gets there and he takes off in his motorcycle. Oh man, <laughs> couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, I loved it. That was so funny. So yeah, yeah great episode. <laughs> Looking forward to more of it. Mm -hmm. Um. What else is there really like i really want to see what connections it has to bloodlines one obviously i know so little about bloodlines two that you know uh, i i uh yeah I, I, we have a we have a question in the chat yeah. right mm -hmm. um question to hadi jersh and primogen how would you make vain pursuit better music maybe maybe i thought i thought the production value was yeah, fine yeah uh i like the I visuals would... Really cool. um i think i i i focus less on the visuals personally because i usually listen to them as podcasts mm. i don't look yeah. at what the people are doing yeah although that is pretty good sometimes with you know stupid faces and things people pull but uh i i don't know i i would just um give give them a bit more time together just another episode would make it better i think yeah yeah i think I it's a little too early to see what you would make better yeah yeah I, I i don't think it needs to be improved all that much i just okay. i i really i uh, personally i just want to get to the meat of the 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 problem that yeah. they'll be facing yeah, yeah over the over the series that would be perfect for me yeah. but uh it, it established it pretty well yeah. Uh, one thing someone was pointing out that I actually enjoyed uh, a comment in the on the YouTube video was that someone was following along with Google Maps at the same time, like following their their route. Oh, that, that would, would be a, good. That, that would have been interesting. Like, yeah, in hindsight, twenty twenty, I would have never thought of doing that myself if I if I planned it. But that would have been really cool. Um, for us Europeans, it's very hard to picture how fucking big California is. Yeah, um, I did have one issue is that he was talking about the map and he was talking about going to Nevada. And I'm like, mm, you don't have to go to Nevada yeah, to get that, to that, Seattle. That would be like, um, 
Uh, you can just like that'd be a really weird route. That'd take you but, a really long but time. Isn't, the, isn't that because the courier is taking a different path? Like, yeah, that was just one of the possible things. Yeah, but yeah. like, even so, that's like that's like the last possible can, thing he might be doing. Can, can I tell a funny story about that? Uh, just just a little aside. You have a funny story about Nevada? Sure. Yeah, I went. I went. Uh, me and Kitsu went to visit a friend in San Francisco because we were going to go to FanFest in in uh, in um, uh, Las Vegas. So I've never been to that side of the U.S. before. So I asked my friend, hey, can we like drop by Los Angeles on the way? And they're like, no. Uh, okay, it's a far, it's like painted up a map. It's like, okay, here's San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Here's Nevada. It's an eight to nine hour car ride. Here's L.A. It's like, dude, it's like a triangle. It would double the time to, to drive. I was like, okay, I, I can see why. I can see why we're not going to go by L.A. <laughs> Like eight hours in Europe, you're freaking down at uh, by by car. You would be down in middle of Italy at that point. Yeah, you, you could go yeah. south France, Sweden, Spain. Yeah. I I could get to basically any car, uh, country in Europe if yeah. I tried hard enough. Yeah. Well, I can tell you uh, uh, stories about traveling in the states since I lived there for 25 years. But um, let's see. When if I would let's see from the last place I lived in South Carolina, if I wanted to go back to where I was born in Boston, it would take me 16 hours. To drive there and it's literally a straight it's one highway highway 95 16 hours straight up <laughs> i complain when i have to go back to see my parents which are four hour train train ride away i know uh, on, everybody like, from everybody the complains of england about that here to the because east Europe, of england Europe is more homey you know <laughs> it's um, a lot more condensed yeah yeah <clears throat> so a lot there's a saying i've heard here since living here but um Americans think a hundred years is a long time, and Europeans think a hundred miles is a long way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's, 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 that's it. Saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've heard anyway. I, I, that makes it so much easier to understand when people go like, "Yeah, I moved to the other side of the U.S. to change, to start a new life." Yeah, for sure you would. It would be like me moving down to Egypt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's cool is that where they have their battle in vain pursuit, their yeah. <laughs> gun battle, yeah. um, is Red Rock Canyon. And I've actually been there. Um, Ooh, cool. I've traveled to Las Vegas before and uh, I rode horseback, um, when the sun came up the Red Rock Canyon. So that was really cool for me. I was like, ah, oh, I've That's been cool. there. That's cool. <laughs> there was no guns. So. Yeah. I like the little sketches they did too, by the way. Mm -hmm. I always like it when they visualize, uh, visualize the combat scene. Um, I I would do it more when I sort of tell uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but I absolutely refuse to buy the miniatures. I like pr on principle, I, I will not pay twenty dollars for three little miniatures. Well, the, th the thing is with the the D and D miniatures, yeah. they're really really crap. Yeah, I, I have like some for fourth I, I edition. paint miniatures. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I just before this, I was listening to Vain Pursuits and I was yeah. painting a, a a Warhammer a ghost horse oh, yeah, thing, yeah. Yeah. and. Like they're decent miniatures, but yeah, I, sure. I was like, I, you know what? I'll get myself a, a, a character. I'll get myself a Dragonborn because I'm playing that with my yeah, mates. Yeah. Sure, they're really awful. Yeah, they look. They're like soft crap. Plastic, soft plastic, no detail. They're really bad. Anyway, no. Yeah. Anyway, it's a complete Sorry, aside. Yeah, yeah. No, but I agree. But with uh, you. visualizations. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> Getting back to they're what we talked about. That's the next game you guys are gonna have to teach me is how to play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know how to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm in two Dungeons and Dragons. You, yeah, yeah. Fifth sure, edition, things. you just need a D20, uh, some some dice, yeah. just throw stuff. It's it's, I I have no idea. I I was playing D and uh, D on Table Story last night, and I had all these things in front of me. I was like, that one. 
and I did a magic, and then the DM knew what I meant, so that was fine. <laughs> I did a detect magic, and then and then I realized what the implications of that were. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I think fifth edition. If we're just gonna do that little aside about Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition is my ultimate form of Dungeons and Dragons because it's boiled down to it's very hard to fuck up your character uh, in that game, which in earlier editions was quite possible. And Pathfinder, I tried that once and I was like, all right, the spellbook, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know what to do. The um, thing is about D&D fifth edition for me is that the more I play it, the more things I want to change. Mm. I, I don't, I don't like D&D fifth edition that much. The skill <laughs> system could certainly use some more complexity to it. That's that's my big beef with it. I think all sorts of things could uh, do with Well, that. I think this is a good segue into talking about your guys' experiences with TTRPGs. Yes, that's keeping us on track. Good, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh, what is... Oh. Your, your yeah, I'm going to have to sit out this conversation, so I'll just listen. Well, you, you've been with us. Let's talk about Chicago Stories, all because right. Primogen, uh, we've done two episodes of that. We and that we've we all been in that, and so we can all talk about it. Because <laughs> I I really enjoyed the first episode. Like, Primogen was making a story, just setting us up for something, and I wasn't sure what it was. And then we had to fight off a vampire, and then fire happened. Yeah, how did that second, happen? How did that happen? And then happen? suddenly, like, the entire of Chicago burst wide open to us, and we were, like, all doing this yeah. uh, little sleuthing. That was, it was great I'm, I'm happy to hear that thank you you're it was great for you because you shot the fire and then got the hell yeah. out yeah. <laughs> that's why it was great you want to know a secret by the way a secret uh, yeah that shotgun did not have uh that kind of ammunition until someone you know mentioned... i felt when you heard when you heard harry say it i i thought i saw a, a little a glint in yeah, your I'll eye <laughs> I was like, yeah, for sure. We're, and it makes perfect sense, too, because they were, I mean, they were ready for any kind of opposition. So they'd have that lying around in case some vampires showed up, you know, because being in the basement of a rundown, abandoned brothel uh, full of. Uh, anyway. You're such a jerk, Prim. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? That was so much fun, though. That was yeah. a jerk move. Yeah. That was a let's see what the players do to themselves yeah. moment. I, yeah, fun. I was it down was with fun. that. Um, so Chicago Stories, or which it's what it should be called, I'm oh. realizing, because that's the name I default to every time, but it's Stories from Chicago. Which oh, is it? Yeah, which doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Oh, I kept on calling it Chicago by night. Yeah. I knew that was wrong. And then I, I was it calling Chicago it Chicago Stories. Stories. Yeah, Chicago Stories is such a better name. It's it's taking place in Chicago by night, the setting, obviously, uh, with the fifth, the, yeah, fifth edition, <laughs> Vampire Fifth Edition book, um, which should have arrived now to everyone who got it from Kickstarter. I which I just released a review on my YouTube yes, channel. Go check it out. I was in the chat. It's, oh, it's an amazing book, by the way, and I hmm. think it, they really did previous editions of uh, Chicago by Night uh, Justice because um, they're like the, uh, what would you say, the gold standard for by night books, in my opinion, the Chicago by Night, especially second edition book, because it's just so much stuff in it. But Chicago uh, by Night, the fifth edition, uh, it's essentially the city is now ruled by Kevin Jackson, one of the uh, Childer, Childer of uh, Loden, who used to be the prince. He died in between first and second edition. Died. Um, Josh probably has some thoughts on that later on, but he's not around anymore. At least he's not a major op open 
uh, power player. So there's a big vacuum of power essentially in the city because a lot of the vampires who were around in second edition are, are gone and they were in charge of stuff like you had Tyler the Tyler the person who started the Anarch Revolt uh, who diabolized hardest at the Elder she was in charge of O'Hare Airport in Chicago like that was her thing so Chicago had a lot of power players in it a lot of them have moved on the beckoning being a thing but it's a, it's a great setting to play in and one of the things that you can get with it is the Chicago Folios, which is a, essentially a collection of story seeds, uh, I think written by, well, I know I got it from Matthew Dawkins. That was a weird name to say his name, weird way to say his name, Matthew Dawkins. Uh, but I do believe other people have contributed to it as well. I'm not entirely sure. If someone knows in the chat, correct me. I've not heard about this folio. It was something you could get as well on the kickstarter i believe at a certain tier no oh no it was unlocked so i do know that some of them were published on the onyx paths website like you can actually find the story seed that we're using which is the black roses i believe mm. or, but I, I i picked that i reworked it a lot implemented some stuff that i, I my vision is i want to play a short story uh we settled on three sessions we might be going for four sessions because of the latest episode but partly because you josh told me that you you can play a longer campaign so it's like all right let's go with the short one and um i always I, god i can't talk today uh i have a huge problem with keeping a story alive for a long time um i think uh the longest running game i've ever run is a year and a half um b before i kind of just lose steam so this was like the perfect um way to be like all right let's create a small concise story uh, with a very specific theme and the theme is Methuselah Hunters which I don't think we've been very clear about when we've been playing but that is essentially what everyone had in mind when they created the characters. Kitsu is playing on it as well as and as is Harry who we mentioned earlier from Saratoga by Night and Salubricat on YouTube I believe mm -hmm. and the game starts with um, Josh's character who is a Ventru he is a bit of a black sheep of the family. He gets information that Annabelle, the uh, primogen of Torador, has a little proposition for him that could be interesting to your character and to the rest of the group. Sebastian is your character, by the way. And then we essentially just played everyone's feeding in the beginning of the game. And uh, that was interesting. That was good. I felt like that really helped everyone get into the mindset of the game starting. Uh, you guys got together. It was very much led by the nose for the first episode, so I wanted to not do that in the second one. Uh, I hope that was... Oh, well, no, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. You set it up, and then we knocked it down in the yeah. second episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, guys did, you guys did an amazing job in both the first and the second episode. Um, you immediately... like You have such clashing personalities, your characters, which always creates for interesting little, you know... Uh, jabs at each other. You have Harry's character. Uh, j um, 
God, I forgot what his character's name is now. That's embarrassing. Stanley. Stanley, thank you. Stan. Stan. Yeah. Stan. Stan Stanley, the man uh, who has a living hornet's hive inside of him or yeah, a wasp hive. Nest. And he's very like he's very focused on like let's get this thing done. He's mm. kind of ruthless. He's so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he does something uh, horrifying out of nowhere, like yeah. <laughs> sting people. Yeah, he he is he is harsh. Um, very different from another character he's playing, Nate. Uh, you have Huddy's character Marie, who is a La Sombra, starting fresh in Chicago. La Sombra badass. Yeah, yeah. She she's hard as stone, very sassy, like to everything. You know, I know. As soon as we're at the session, you guys are like, ah, you know, that's just the way I am, really. Though, I'm really just a jerk. <laughs> I felt so bad because I, we we talked about this beforehand, and I was like my character will have beef with your character just because of who who she is and then yeah. uh, like immediately both kitsu and i were like ha marie sucks <laughs> we were just <laughs> you jabbing it, you at called you. me trash with a five minutes <laughs> oh, yeah i forgot about that i oh did my God, yeah I, I did Speak call you trash my god speaking of kitsu she you know what she makes it so hard for me to stay in character because she's always making me laugh <laughs> yeah <laughs> it I'll, makes I'll, so I'll, hard I'll to know that <laughs> You're always she's making so, them laugh. She's so yeah. because there yeah. was there was one part I, I don't remember what was going on, but she was just like, you know, she's like, we can fuck you. And, well, not literally, you gross. <laughs> oh my god, I had to mute my microphone because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, very. Um, uh, Kitsu is playing um, Julia. Toriador. Toriador Julia, who has a very kind of uh, sort of bubbly, almost like influencer type personality. Is that is Kitsu there? Yeah, Kitsu's over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to watch my words. I don't want to reveal too much. She's 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 irreverent in the most delightful way yeah. and mm. makes very, me laugh yeah, too much. Very different from the original character concept. I'm just gonna say that. Oh really? We we hashed it out, but I, I much more like this Julia than the other one. Um, and then we have Sebastian, who is—he um, just wants to get this job done, man. He—he is—he is so done with so many things. <laughs> he, I know well, you he, were gonna he, shoot Tally with a shotgun. Could have worked. <laughs> oh my I God. mean, I don't have the dice to back that up, but I would have tried. Yeah. Sebastian is a British DJ uh, who is into the old, good old classical music form of dubstep. I, yeah, uh, so, so a little bit of behind the scenes for my, my DJ, Von True. I chose dubstep as his music of choice because A, he's past it and yeah. he's annoyed at that, but also dubstep is making a comeback. Oh, it is. I'm, I'm happy for dubstep. I am. Um... Mm, I, I okay. know so little about it, and I think I said that during the stream. Like, um, it's I'm more of an '80s, '70s rock guy, so that's my my jam. But I kept making jabs at you about, about dubstep being. No, no, no. That's it was perfect. It was uh, an aspect of the character I didn't I didn't know if people would get, and you just were like, dubstep is old old news. Yeah, have, you suck. Yeah, they have dubstep Monday. Ooh. Like nobody goes. To <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> retro, retro Monday night, half oh, price drinks. I, I seem to. This guy was called Skrillex, right? I, I seem yeah, to yeah. Him. <laughs> but, but did he grill stuff? Like, what was his deal? <laughs> yeah, I think there was like a dead rodent involved somewhere as well. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think we need to, Josh. You and I need to gush about how good Prim is at storytelling. His ta come yeah. on, his tally was great. I love hate your tally. Yes. I love hate. <laughs> Tally is uh, 
Tally's been a favorite character of mine for a long time, and only like the day before we were playing did I realize that he's supposed to have a British accent. So that was like, oh god. <laughs> uh, I did my best. I'm, I apologize. You did. To, Josh. No, no, it was it was the perfect fake British accent. I'm glad. Beautiful. I'm glad. Uh, Tally is a very firmly established character in the meta plot. He is one of the most well-known La Sombra. He is the kind of guy who puts clan before personal interest as far as I've read about him. And he mm. is essentially doing the work of the Amici Noctis right now, the Friends of the Night. And they decided that, hey, La Sombra, let's leave this about. This is not going the way we want it. So he was given the task of bringing the La Sombra into the Camarilla. So he's kind of like yeah. the, the, the mastermind behind that. And yeah, he's got a really yeah. interesting new role in the in the meta plot. And yeah. I, I really, really like him as a kind of meta character and yeah, a character sure. that has turned up not only in my campaign, but now in sh uh, the stories from Chicago. Yeah, uh, yeah it's brilliant. And that, that's really, I'm really glad to hear that he's getting traction and, and that he's working in your group as well, because I read Beckett's Jihad Diary uh, a while back. That's where I got in love with him. Uh, I, I, I liked him before, but he's in there a lot of times and he's working. He worked for Marcus Aurelius, correct? Is that his name? Uh, no, Marcus, Marcus Vittel. Marcus Vittel. Sorry. I uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's like his actual name oh, or right. something like that. But... Which apparently I remember. I didn't remember his. Oh, that's that. Yeah. It'll, it'll be on the, the White same, Wolf Wiki, same which is here. where I get most of yeah. my details on people. Marcus, but yeah. yeah. Marcus Vittel is a very, very old La Sombra who pretended to be Ventru for a very long time. And he's now like the, the king of Washington, D.C., I think. Like, he kicked out the Sabbat and the Camarilla and just went, ah, this is my domain now. Like, he did a Mithras thing, kind of. <laughs> and um, he was the patron for Beckett in Beckett's Jihad Diaries. Like, he was financing all of his trips, I think, in the in the book. I didn't realize that. I need to go back and read that book, it, it because is that is basically the Bible for the new V5 yeah. lore, right? I, I keep chucking that name out. Whenever anyone talks about the lore, I'm like, yeah, just read Beckett's Jihad Diary. You will. It, it's It's got everything mm. in it. Uh, and it's... It, it's yeah kind of written from an unreliable narrator standpoint yeah, yeah, sure. which is kind mm -hmm. of nice yeah. so it leaves lots of options for uh storyteller interpretation yeah. if you want to yeah. like take different different options yeah. uh, in your own campaign but yeah it's pretty cool yeah. and the best part is that every single chapter is about a specific part of the meta plot and mm. i just like you said josh they 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 literally tell you this is how you could work this in these are story seeds with every chapter and at the end of the book they talk about tone from the different editions of vampire which i think everyone should read especially people who criticize v5 because v5 is going back to v1 anarchs versus elders in a lot of way and i think that's that's a conscious decision people should read that part of the book anyway i think it's, it's useful <laughs> sorry that's <laughs> Very sensitive subject to me, um, <laughs> but uh, I get no. I understand what you mean because so many of my YouTube comments are like, "Well, I don't like this thing about V5, so I'm going back to V20." I'm like, "It's just a game." Yeah, I feel Whatever. like every beckoning we have to talk about this at least one time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's it, it's I hear it too. So, yeah. and I don't I don't I don't really get it. To be honest. Whatever. Oh well. Oh uh, well, you know that's how it is. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm glad you like the game. I love running it. And um, 
I feel like this is how I want to go forward in the future as well with my games. Like, I want to run shorter games with a clear... Like, I already have the ending scene in mind. I don't know what's going to happen in it, because obviously that's going to be affected by you guys. But there's a specific scene at the end of this short chronicle, this mini chronicle, that's going to happen. And uh, I'm not going to shoehorn it in, obviously, but it's going to be pretty hard to miss it. And <laughs> I, I, just, just having that idea... Like, because this is what I was talking about when I was saying that there's a huge difference between uh, online tabletop role-playing and role-playing in real life. Because in my experience, unless you're people like Matt, uh, Matthew Mercer and his crew or like Jason Carl and stuff who can pull off long-term stories with a lot of short-term stories and like character M development. Moving parts. Yeah. If you have both the skill and the traction to do that you can create really great stuff online but i think unfortunately and this is very much my personal opinion i think unfortunately the actual play mar market or actual play scene mm. is so filled with games being played and a lot of games are being played very well in the conventional tabletop role-playing game way in that uh, the storyteller does some preparation but then the game flows very organically which I think is the best way to role play, but it's very hard to keep people's interests if you want to mm -hmm. have if you want to have watchers because you're playing for your group, which is exactly how they're doing it in Critical Role. They're playing for themselves. He even said Matt even said that, that you're you're watching our game. This is our game, but they also have the traction for it that people are very invested in the characters. If I'm tuning into a new show, it's hard for me to get invested in it. And that, that's really not in any way trying to say that don't do this. I think the, if, you, if you're having fun and uploading your videos, which I am doing with Changeling like, and letting it develop organically, that is good. But that is going to make it very hard for people to discover you and they will need to invest time into your show. But, but if you make very like planned, like LA by Night, which has this kind of very hmm. like cogs moving and with with uh, stuff happening of course but there's a very clear plot going on it's easier for people to get involved in it i think and it's easier for the storyteller to just create this kind of concise narrative unfortunately limiting the freedom of the players which is the huge downside of that sorry i rant but i'm, I'm done <laughs> no um i i agree it's one of those weird catch 22s which is on the internet authenticity is extremely important which mm. I feel like LA, LA by Night being so carefully planned um, loses a little bit of that kind of edge. Yeah. I'm but, a huge fan of LA by Night and I totally agree. Yeah, right, right, yeah. exactly. It's, it's still great, but it doesn't have that. Um, I always, and I may be biased because I'm in it, point towards the amazing work of uh, Mathis Games, uh, who has pulled off an incredibly intricate political game in uh, the uh, Sounds of Silence, which is tough because they've got some amazing characters. They've got uh, an amazing plot. And it is that, that interaction between short stories and the long-term overarching plot that I, I just sometimes wish I could pull off. Um, and and at the same time, because it's uh, uh, a much more intimate show, uh, it, it has that authenticity. And the, um, mm. so I feel like if you find 
a show that you don't like on the internet, watching an actual play or listening to a podcast, then 100% there will be a group out there that plays the way that you enjoy mm -hmm. listening to. Because yeah. it's a very different experience yeah. playing the game and then watching people play the game. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's, there's friends at the table, there's uh, uh, adventure, uh, adventure thingy. Time. Uh, uh, no, not Adventure Time. I was going to say Adventure Time, time as well. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, the, the Adventure Zone. Yeah. Adventure Zone, that's yeah. it. Uh, there's... Uh, Harmon Quest, even yeah, yeah. like it, on on the larger scale of things, but then there's also these wonderful, um, uh, very small group groups of yeah. friends who just kind of post videos of them on I don't know Skype or whatever, yeah. just having a good time. Yeah. And it's it's a really nice variety of different stuff. But yeah, there's a, if you if you want to, I guess, get popular, that's probably not how you should. Yeah. aim to do it it's it's not what you play for it's it's to have a good time and then eventually people will probably find a good time in it as well if if you're enjoying it because there's always like everyone knows what the group vibe is it's always very easy to tell between the players if when you're having a good time i think i i think we showed it off really well uh in in stories from chicago like that second episode i i really enjoyed gelling with everyone yeah because mm -hmm. everyone was just being their character like either being a dick to someone or or having a competition <laughs> with a very old vampire <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't want to i didn't want to spoil that one so I'm, I'm i'm leaving it strictly out but but um yeah there's a huge uh there's a huge uh chad moment no what do you want to call it <laughs> <laughs> no just just uh badassery going on in in, uh, mm -hmm. in the second mm -hmm. episode yeah uh but how do you also watch a lot of actual plays like what is your I do. yeah what is your take like what is uh what do you prefer uh, is there any stuff you've learned about like um well the reason i found ellie by night is because i was started making the lore videos and um you know of course a lot of information i'm getting has to do with dice rolls and things like that and i didn't know anything about it so i wanted to see how the game was actually played um, and I just happened to stumble across LA by night. I don't really remember how Google, YouTube, whatever. And it's just, and I think it's a, a great way for people who've never played the TTRPG to learn how to play it, because especially with someone like Jason Carl, who really goes deep into the rules of things. Um, so that's how I knew what rouse checks were and hunger dice and things like that. Yeah. Willpower rolls, humanity rolls. Um, but as terms of watching or listening to something, again, I'm very story-oriented person. I don't play games that don't have an in-depth story that I can't, you know, live through the characters in some way. Mm. So I like the moments in actual plays where the characters are being their characters and you get something from them, some backstory, some conflict, some snarkiness, whatever it yeah, happens yeah. to be. Those are the... And that's how you know if people are committed to the role. It's how you know if they, like Josh said, if they gel as characters, as, as a group. That's really when it says to me, okay, this is a good group. This is a group I can get behind, whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. That's what's really important for me. But I don't think I'm in the majority there. I think a lot of people like action stuff. I was actually going to bring that up. Like One of the things I really, really don't like about Critical Role is all the combat, which is, mm. you know, combat is a huge element of Dungeons and & Dragons, and don't take that out. A lot, a lot of people are, are into theories about like now their sheets are public, I think, but they didn't used to be a while back. Like people are talking about their builds, people are like their strategy when they're fighting, they're using miniatures. It's a huge element of the game, 
which is very popular. So, like you said, Huddy, tastes differ. Action I'm, is I'm difficult. I'm not so oh, sure that the majority are uh, into the action. A couple of times I've heard people say, when I'm watching a VOD, yeah. I skip past the fights because yeah, okay. then you find out who wins. <laughs> yeah, and I, I and yeah, like I agree, all yeah. the, we've all seen them, the clip compilations of. Uh, the critical role crew doing something silly all those animations all those clip compilations yeah. are of them as their characters yeah. mm -hmm. or as the the players being silly with each other and those endearing moments those funny moments that's that's the sort of stuff that really counts right yeah yeah but you would be surprised how many people are in for it for the gameplay uh, right yeah especially oh, when yeah. it comes to critical role um because uh, like dungeons and dragons uh, has a long history of well, less so now in 5th edition when it's been more streamlined, but like the math nerdery, uh, Pathfinder building a proper character. Uh, I know some people who are hardcore into uh, Pathfinder uh, adventures and like almost only playing combat. And like, yeah, it's not a, it's not my cup of tea, but I, I know they enjoy it a lot. And it's it becomes more of like the original spirit of Dungeons & Dragons, which is more of a dungeon crawl kind of game. But I think, like, I don't skip the fights because sometimes something cool happens during the combat. But it's it's interesting, too, because, like, I agree with you, Huddy. If you take away all the character interaction and focus only on the plot, like, if it was just a plot and all their little jabs at each other and stuff like that, a lot of stories wouldn't be very interesting to watch on, on, uh, on actual plays. Like, yeah, okay, so it's a story being told with the cast doing it like it's it would be like watching a movie but it's not you know it's not a movie right it's, mm -hmm. it's so the character interaction the banter the sudden interest in a shopkeeper that can be for an hour and a half that that's that's what i like about actual plays like the, the kind of randomness of it mm -hmm. we made out stars a travel a little less boring yeah that's great <laughs> a little less boring is the entire premise of my content. <laughs> Same. Oh my god, that's 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 uh, sad but true for for me as well. We just want to entertain. Mm -hmm. um, Speaking of entertaining, I think the most daunting thing for me was you know when I agreed to because I really wanted to play vampire mm. and I agreed to it. Most daunting thing for me was the role playing bad because i don't role play i don't act you know but um it's it's really easy to get into character at least if it's a character that you at least i feel anyway is well fleshed out so that's been a cool experience to see that i actually can do it i think it's if, people if who've would, never tried it should yeah, if you would have told me that you've never tabletop role play before i would not have believed you like if i didn't know that for a fact watching like everyone should watch huddy uh, should watch the, everyone playing on, don't uh, stop because and and like you said you make made her similar to yourself there's really did, no, yes. there's really no shame in that because that's not the difficult part of role like the difficult part of role playing the, the thing pe a lot of people have hard a hard time with is that breaking through the barrier of being like, oh, I'm in front of a camera or I'm mm. talking to people. Yeah. Like, it's difficult to... It's the being yeah. in the moment kind yeah. of that, that gets difficult. Yeah. Well, I found out much later that using real elements of your own backstory is a big no-no. You're not supposed to do that. It can be difficult if you There's... bleed. Yeah. So, so what you've got to be aware of is the is the bleed like you don't want to take on aspects of uh, of your role play character but uh like 
every every time you play a character, there's going to be part of you in there because it's not yeah. playing it. It's just how it happens. I was just really real nervous because maybe <laughs> what real life facts maybe a little less, but uh, yeah, important to include. But yeah, being, I was really I was really nervous because I was afraid you know I wouldn't because it's my first time that I wouldn't be able to you know really be able to connect to the character. So I wanted to put so much in there, which, you know, Prim knows my real backstory. I think I blurred the lines enough yeah, that it's I, I, okay. I would, I would say so. I would say so. Like, I, mean, I hope so. Um, but let, let's say, for example, that, um, like, this goes into the whole consent part of games, which I, uh, like, Session Zero, setting boundaries, stuff like that. But... A lot of people, like World of Darkness, obviously not the friendliest place to play in by standard. You can, of course, alter that with your own game. But let's say, for example, the Red Moon role-playing, they're playing the family right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Red Moon role-playing, by the way, great, great uh, actual place. They're voice only. Um, and Matthew Dawkins was storytelling uh, and Jason Carl is one of the players. So good. I'm, so listening, good. I'm listening to their sacrifice right now. It's, it's amazing. Something happened in episode at the end of episode eight, which made me do the Pikachu face in real life, I was like, "So good!" I, I went, and I saw you tweet. I saw you tweeting about it. <laughs> I, I was literally like, "Did they do that?" Um, it's good. But what what I was going to say is that uh, Matthew Dawkins uh, knows his players, uh, and he know because it's a group he's used to playing with, and the family has a lot of stuff that's dark, very very dark, and his players are comfortable with it, I would assume. Um, they most definitely are. But let's say, for example, that you're playing a character who was uh, either like a, an addict or had a friend suffer from an overdose or something like that, which is a thing that happens sort of in a character's past in, in the family. That can, like if someone's making fun of that in the game, like if the storyteller has a character like laughing at someone having a, an overdose can, can trigger some really really bad uh, flashbacks and cause PT like PTSD-like syndromes. So that's why it's generally suggested that you try not to do a character who, who you might bleed into or who might bleed mm -hmm. into you. I have a personal problem. Uh, when I play the character for a long time, I get invested in their success, which means that every time they suffer ridicule or every time they, they fail with something, I have to fight down the urge to feel like it's happening to me, which is something that you can manage, but it might never go away. Um, and th that's essentially like huge. It wasn't a no-no to include parts about yourself, but it can be risky, especially if you're not used to role-playing. Some people, like I saw in the chat, uh, some people can ride that though. Like it can be cathartic or cleaning. Like, yeah, this is a controlled and safe environment for me to explore uh, my issues or my inner demons or my past. And I want to do that. And the group is okay with doing that. Obviously they have to be okay with that. But then it's, an, a, a, it's what is it called? KBT? Is that what it, no. Um, exposure, no, this is like exposure therapy or something. Oh, exposure, yeah. yeah. Immersion therapy. Immersion therapy, yeah. And that, like, <clears throat> if everyone is, you know, safe words, everyone is cool with it, but it can go very wrong. Um, okay. Uh, but, I make me nervous. You, when you sent us the consent form over Discord, I was just like, I'm not, whatever. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> put anything down. That, 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 yeah. that, that's fine. Like, it's only there, and I think this is a big issue for everyone, it's only there if you need it. You don't mm -hmm. have to sign the consent. Like, you don't have to put anything in there. But a lot of people complain about it because it exists, which I think is strange. Um, 
This is is it is there just something everybody wants to complain about? Is this everything? Is yeah. that what uh, it is? Yeah, it's the internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, Hello, welcome I, to the I, internet. I, I made I made a very snarky post. I usually don't do that, but I was like, if your real if your escape from reality is reliant on so many things being exactly in a very specific way out of your control, is it really an escapism then? Like <laughs> My escapism is doing something that someone else designed, and I cannot change anything of it at all. I feel like that's maybe not escapism. In no, no, really. no. Oh. And uh, I, I would like to say, Primogen did a really great job setting up the the uh, the consent form and everything, prepping for stories in Chicago, because I've played in a lot of games. 99% of them do not do that. <laughs> like no. the, often there is there are conversations like what do we do what do we not do but like it's uh it's never quite as in depth as that. So no. and especially with a vampire the masquerade where we're just like uh steaming through it and trying to get some really really uh punchy stuff in there I think that yeah that was really important. Yeah. Yeah, cuz uh, again and also if you that's one of the dangers of doing something live as well on camera. Like you never know if someone does or say something that can cause cause a lot of emotional yeah. damage to someone and you have to be like i'm okay on screen um and well obviously you can always you know just break the commercial or whatever but it's you're really putting yourself out there when you're doing something live and and it mm -hmm. yes it's a lot of risk in that <laughs> yeah it's weird but i remember harry told me something like like let me know if i ever offend you and i'm like you can't offend me he's so adorable I think he's uh, so great. Harry's great. Um, <laughs> gushing over Harry, the stream. Oh my! I think he's so great. I yeah, really do. He, he, him playing Stan was uh, simultaneously creepy and adorable. It's right? quite a feat. Yeah, it's a Nosferatu way, you know. You have to be. You have to be in, in here. You're a sweetheart, but out there, you're like. Everybody I mean, hates me. didn't yeah. he, he? He like got like a critical success and. Um, like just grab somebody in an alley, right? Who was yeah, on the phone, yeah. and then he calls them an ambulance. I was like, Nosferatu's oh. <laughs> are like the teddy bears of um, I know of, of, uh, Vampire the Masquerade, except when they're you know leather faces. Then except uh, when they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but um, That's super cute. It's also like in my Changeling campaign that I'm running. Um, they the group essentially had to go into this tent to retrieve a gift that was given to someone else and they had to steal it back and this required some finagling some like sleuthing some stealth and they send in the two most chaotic goblins of the group the kids character and nate's character uh, harry's character i keep calling him nate who are very impulsive very prone to doing whatever they feel like and if there's a single little mistake in their plan they just go fuck it and improvise everything so i was like all right this is gonna go great it's gonna go and it didn't go great but it, it went great in another way well you said you don't run um like really long stories but you've yeah. been running changeling for a while now haven't you yeah uh yeah i've been running it for a long time uh since september i believe it started in september so not that's super a while long. yeah and every week been run every week. Whoa, really? It is. It, it, it is a little bit taxing. Um, I don't know if I could roleplay every week. It's it's um, it's not a format I'm used to doing, and at times I scribble maniacally when I get home from work because I have two hours before the stream is going live. So it's it's super fun, but I also have six players at the same time. So thankfully they can keep the game alive if I'm not giving too much input. Um, 
But yeah, yeah I, that's I, right. I, I might have taken... once a week six players. Yeah, seven Whoa, for, for three weeks in a row because we had a guest player. Jesus, uh, how am I not exhausted? <laughs> 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, I may have taken on a little bit more than I can chew, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> now, 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 I want to hear about Josh uh, uh, games yes, that he's run. Yes, tell us about those. Uh, I bet well, you're a really good storyteller. I haven't seen any of yours, but I bet well, you're really good. I am adequate. <laughs> I rely on my players because most of the time I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> I, I, my, my preparation is uh, sporadic at best when I'm running, uh, at the moment, I am running Chicago by Night for six players uh, in a home game. It's not online. But um, mm -hmm. we're not a particularly serious group. So uh, one of the first things we did was the uh, dumbass BMX Von uh, Toreador was ha has a rival who is a drag queen, so he challenged the drag queen to a BMX off. And what they didn't realize was that hiring a big half pipe outside of the the venue put, uh, wasn't the best idea because they also owned that entire area as their domain, so they basically hired it off them. And oh so the drag queen put on an entire show with sparklers and red carpet <laughs> and like fireworks and big, you know, those high beam lights. And then it was oh just God. this guy, this guy on top of a half pipe in his helmet and the shot <laughs> and the elbow pads going, let's BMX off. I challenge you. God. It was oh a really God. good time. Obviously during that, the, uh, the drag queens, um, coterie were doing dodgy stuff and there was there was a whole behind the scenes plot where the rest of the coterie were trying to defend him from uh getting mobbed by the crowd as the uh the, the toreador of uh, he was in position opposition with was trying to rile up the crowd uh and i i had a great time because it was like this bombastic ridiculous display in the middle of the uh, downtown Chicago. Um, Sounds amazing. And it does. The thing is, he won. He won the BMX I'm off. Proud of him. Yeah. And uh, Francois Mamwals, the uh, yeah, she she had a uh, uh, an anger frenzy in the middle of downtown. Oh uh, Jesus! Ouch. That. So that was fun. Yeah. That was funny. Um, but he only <laughs> won because he. Uh, he sort of doped. So you know that um, presence power that gives you extra. Extra dice, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, fingering yeah. kiss. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a, a vampire who just happened to turn up and was extremely generous. He was like halfway point, sort of losing. He was like, I can give you the good stuff. <laughs> and she turned up and was like, let me feed on you. You'll win. I promise. Then you owe me. Wow. <laughs> it's disappointing it's not online now. I don't think it would be uh, understandable if it was online. It would just be like six people shouting at each other for two hours. Yeah, that's that's the genuine. Like, if you have it a group, if you had a group for a long time, 
it becomes you, you develop such a strong culture within that group mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's almost incomprehensible to new players uh, unless yeah. you know you you take them by the yeah hand you properly like, introduce yeah. a new yeah. person into your group absolutely yeah. it, it, it's it's quite a high intensity group depending <laughs> on how tired we all are yeah um uh, some games that is you do in in chat has has mentioned that um, so I, I, I ran Bloodlust. I ran two seasons of uh, Vampire the Masquerade show as uh, the players were all thin bloods and they were trapped in a city by a magical barrier and all sorts of fucked up things were happening. And uh, I had Sheepdog as my player and he kept on making such bad decisions like trying to diablerize a really powerful Tremere, which oh. he accidentally succeeded at. Accidentally succeeded? <laughs> Well, via a series of messy criticals, he he succeeded and basically threw my main plot into disarray because I was like, that's the main antagonist. No, 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 it isn't. Never mind. Not anymore. But here's (laughs) Tremere number two. (laughs) It wasn't even that. It was like, whatever. Everyone else hates you now. Um, Yeah, so uh, Sheepdog kept on giving me my uh, NPCs because that, that character ended up with like one humanity in there. Oh my god! So like, that's oh my wow. God. In V five too, that's actually very hard to get. Uh, not in my campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like yeah, losing humanity is much uh, much harder. I would say rule wise in V five right than it used to be in in the old. Yeah, it's an interesting rule because uh, depending on how you do it, some yeah. some storytellers are just like you do a thing, you lose humanity yeah. uh, as at the same time as using the stains system. Yeah. But the stains are kind of a self balancing system. So the more humanity you have out of ten, the less room you have for stains. But the less humanity you have, the more room you have for stain, uh, so the less yeah. likely you are to lose humanity. Mm. So it's like a a self-balancing system, yeah. which I quite like um, and kind of plays into the uh, becoming oh, yeah. a monster sure. aspect sure. without like immediately just tanking you into yeah. uh, horrific circumstances. And that reminds me of something that I, um, when I was creepsing in Josh's stream yesterday, I think it was yesterday, <laughs> Uh, I can't remember. Yes, yes. You did your Chicago by Night review? Was it yesterday Friday, or before Friday. yesterday? Friday. Um, he was looking through the Oblivion powers, and next time when Marie is, is rolling around in the shadows and has to do a Roz check, we need to make sure that I don't get stains on my humanity for That's that. right. That's right. Because oh, <laughs> I forgot all that. about oh, it. Man, I forgot about that. Did you too. roll any ones or tens, though? You've had a surprisingly low amount of bestial failures or successes. I have no idea. I'd have to go back and watch so it. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, it's it's just for your rouse checks, I think. Oh, right. right? right. So uh, yeah. it's, it's not for dice pool rolls. Oh. Uh, you lose, uh, you, you get stains when, when you as use... Besides checking if I'm hungry or not, as far as I know, I've done yeah. two rouse checks and don't ask me what they were. I Well, I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't come up very often. No. No. But if you want to know my full feelings on the matter, <laughs> yeah, go check out his YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're we're shilling Josh here for some reason. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. we're streaming on his channel. Totally yeah, should chill him. Of course, yeah, you should yeah. watch it. Um, it worked this time. The last two beckoning episodes, I was I was setting up the thing. Everyone, everything was looking great, and then I pressed start, and it was like. No, your encoding is is balked or whatever. Oh, it God, happened. Yeah. That's the only two times it has ever happened. That so is, I was just yeah. assuming that Outstar was 
hacking me. Yeah, something. of course. OBS is very Poor star. Like, there's so many numbers in there that I'm like, I actually not going to touch this stuff. <laughs> right. But um, I think it's I think it's interesting talking about real life groups as well because mm -hmm. I I sort of tell uh, Chicago like I sort of tell two games live online um, stream one game online no two games online one is with voice another one is play by post. I have one game in real life, real life, which is uh, Chicago by Night. And the group that I'm playing in Chicago by Night with, we've been playing together since, I believe, well, I was 14. So that would be 20 years now. We wow. are impenetrable in the way how we play. Because we're so used to, like, playing off each other that uh, we get started right away. Like, it just goes straight into character. And um, we've been playing in a setting that a friend of mine has been making for a long time. This is an aside, but I, I also want to kind of test the water and see how people like the idea of this setting. How familiar are you with uh, two books, two book series, Discworld and The Lies of Locke Lamora? I know of Discworld. You're pretty Totally unfamiliar. <sighs> Shame on you. He was knighted, Sir Terry Pratchett. I guess a lot of people are knighted, but... I, I like Terry Pratchett. Yeah. I'm not. I know who he is. <laughs> oh man, is is not my style. Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. It's it's uh, Terry Pratchett writes. Uh, I would say satire and social commentary in a fantasy mm. setting. To make it long story short, uh, and he gets more and more obvious about it. The older he got, and the more <laughs> bitter about it he got. It, it's amazing books, and Lies of Locke Lamora is essentially about this low fantasy city. Uh, essentially con stories. Con stories like uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven, but in book format. Very well done. And we're playing in the setting called uh, uh, Varangia, which is supposed to be the city where a meteor fell several thousand years ago. And this meteor had colors out of space effects on plant, local plant life. If you ate the plants, you lived longer. So these families grew up that had these specific plants they were living on. It's essentially a huge trade hub in the middle of nowhere. Uh, who, uh, like, it's it's the melting pot of melting pots culture-wise. And we've been playing this setting for 10, 12 years. So we've been playing everything from uh, nobility to uh, really, really, really low-ranking thieves who planned a heist that we couldn't possibly pull off, but we sort of managed to pull off. Like, it's, it's just a long history of doing stuff like that. And at this point, it's just we have so many internal, cult like, memes, I guess you'd call them, that in like player behavior, character behavior, uh, I don't think anyone would understand our communication if they sat in on one of our se settings se sessions. Right. So long story short, that's I, I relate. <laughs> that's I could have just said that. That's totally impressive though. You've been playing together for so long. It's uh, it's what happens when you live in a very rural area and you find some <laughs> people to play with, and you go like you're mine forever. My God. Um, <laughs> People have come and, come and gone, of course. Uh, sometimes we haven't played for a long time, like a year or something, but then someone goes, hey, we should play again, and we get back together, uh, and we play. And um, like, if you have a real life group like that, treasure it, because that's rare. And finding a group yeah, online totally. is also rare. I have amazing people I play with online as well. Uh, a lot of them don't want to be on voice though, unfortunately, or they would be streamed as well. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess that's the crux of part of this episode of the podcast is there is a big difference between real life games and yeah. online shows 
Mm. Even though it might not not necessarily seem like it, because there is this third uh, partner to the experience, which is the audience. So you're playing for yourselves, but also to them. And sometimes they're in chat, so they have uh, they're like a, a an extra player. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, and and the thing is, you're all there to have a good time. So it's it's a different experience, but it's definitely not a bad one, and not one I wouldn't recommend to people who want to, you know, have a have a good time yeah. messing around and um, playing TTRPGs yeah, with their friends. Absolutely. I think there's a there's a performance aspect that wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily be there. In a home game, I don't know because I've never played a home game. But... but you're absolutely right. Uh, I would say that LARPing is the best way to prepare yourself for a stream mm. Uh, mm. because mm. Yeah. because it's LARPing is so much more higher demand on you. Uh, even though everyone you're playing with is in the same game, same world, at least Swedish LARPing is super serious. You don't break character. You don't wear the improper things. You don't like if you have to break character. There's specific areas you do that or specific keywords for it. Tabletop role playing is like break character all the time. Like, it, um, so, I try not to break character. I've never LARPed either, but I've tried not to break character. I don't, I don't think any of you broke character during. Like, there's an occasional commentary from obviously the player, but I don't think we. <laughs> Kitsu ever makes me break character. character. <laughs> I don't think you guys ever went like truly out of character. Like you were discussing stuff that maybe you might have been doing in character slightly different, but you were very focus during the game and, and that's difficult a lot of people there's no way marie would be abused by kitsu's antics by julia's <laughs> antics but i totally am <laughs> that, that that's all right like maybe marie secretly um, no, no not even that. no <laughs> <laughs> no uh seb seb thinks that uh uh julia is hilarious mm-hmm. like that's great. Yeah, I see you. I see you always laughing at her when she's talking, and I'm like, yeah, that's that totally all in character. Makes sense. Yeah. That's all in character. Julia, <laughs> sure, and, um, and it's also Josh you. enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. But that makes sense. It doesn't make sense for Marie, but I can't help it. She's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although uh, I was playing D and D last night, yeah, uh, and one of the characters was a goblin named Sausage, and he kept on doing very, very stupid things. I corpsed so much. I was not in character for that entire three-hour oh session. I couldn't do it. I love How could it. you possibly? It Gobl- was so hard. Goblins and, in, to a lesser extent, kobolds are by their very nature, like the the com- comedic duo of, uh, he, of Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, exactly. He was like a dog. If dogs could talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It, it was brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's difficult it, sometimes. And that's fine too. Like even if even if you're streaming, uh if you're having a great time, don't hide it. Because I think oh oops, sorry, I messed around a little bit with the display. <laughs> um ha- if you're having a great time, like play into it, laugh at it. Like um what was the name of the kobold in critical role? Uh, Spurt. Like Chris, is it Chris Metzen? No, wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, I think Chris, Chris Metzen. He's a D&D. Uh, Chris Perkins, sorry, Metzen, I know. Chris Perkins. Oh, played, Chris Perkins? Oh. He joined He joined Critical Role, and his character lived for 10 minutes. <laughs> he played Spurt, the kobold. He had Spurt, bees. The... 
I've not seen that. I urge you. Me neither. I urge you to Google Spurt the Kobold and just watch all the Critical Role animations. Totally. I have not laughed so much. And everyone, like, they played in the game. Like, they played... Off character, they they were laughing their asses off, but in character, they were horrified and like felt so bad about it. And Spurt is always going to be my favorite guest character for Critical Role. Uh, Hang but on, I'm doing it now. But it's Spurt of the moment. Yeah, uh, Spurt, with a t like a like a T, I think. Oh, I'm streaming. I probably shouldn't be. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no worries. Uh, you can check him out afterwards. But Spurt, Spurt is is. Uh, I would say it's a joke character, but they played it straight, and it was hilarious. Um, but they, were, I think they were scream laughing, a lot of them. So, <laughs> Sorry. But um, there is a pressure. As soon as the camera goes on, as soon as you're having a microphone in front of you, even if you're a seasoned role player, like I remember when I started streaming, and I still do, I get nervous, I flub words that I shouldn't. Um, oh, totally. Every time I start a new show, I, I'm nervous. Yeah. yeah. It just happens. Yeah. You want to you, you you come to the point where you're like okay either I'm gonna throw up or I'm gonna do this and uh, I, I feel like the whole time the two sessions we've done I feel like the six hours in total I feel like I breathe through the whole time <laughs> and then like finally when they shut the camera off I'm like <sighs> yeah. I think as you notice when we're done I'm immediately like taking off the fangs and taking yeah. off the necklace the exhaustion <laughs> is, is yeah real. yeah like like I was playing on on Blood City which I dropped out of on Sundays I think I mentioned this every time on stream as well but like mm -hmm. I was dead. But mm. I wasn't like I couldn't I couldn't calm down, so I would be awake for another hour and a half. But I was physically dead after the stream, and then I started work really early on Monday, so I came right. in like, uh, like dream. It just, I, uh, it's amazing. I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Josh seems so cool playing Seb. He's just leaning back in his chair. He's got his little notepad. He seems so so cool. He's enjoying it. Seb is a dumbass. That's why he's cool. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't understand the implications. So he's he's chill with everything. Oh, I love Seb. Great. Mm. Um, yeah, it's uh, something you kind of get used to the more you do it, but also uh, the the performance anxiety never goes away. If if you're really into it, that it's kind of how you know you're 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 prepped for it it's yeah. how you know the the anxiety is, is how you know that you're ready yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 like uh yeah it's performance anxiety it's it, okay. it's a thing that will never go away but sometimes you relish sometimes you hate yeah. but yeah okay. like yeah. i would love to be a fly on the wall either with matthew mercer or jason carl like mm. one hour watch them before the stream starts what did they do what are they doing are they totally. uh, freaking out in a little room like ah? And they're just coming out super cool, because um, they've got to feel it too, right? I don't know. Maybe the actors more so than I feel like. I don't know. I've never story told. You guys are both storytellers. Maybe I feel like you guys would go into it a lot calmer than the actors who don't know what's going to be thrown at them at any no. moment. No, I no. No, storytelling's yeah. harder. It's is worse. It? it is the worst. You have to. You're, you're constantly well, reminding tell me, yourself. Tell me, teach me. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's difficult to describe, but you're like thinking, trying to prove to yourself that you know what's about to happen when you don't know what's about to happen. The players can do whatever they want, yeah. Yeah. and they will. So you've got all this stuff prepared, but 
you you just want to be able to uh, to to be able to re- react and do something interesting, and then be able yeah. to throw out the the story hooks and and the characters, and then have someone do something in return. You're just like, please use all these things, yeah, and, yeah, and for sure. like that that is all that's going through your head in the like or my head, at least in the five minutes before it starts. And then if you're running the show, you're also thinking about doing OBS and the tech and making yeah, sure yeah. the audio sounds, yeah. sounds good. So it, it piles up when you're, when you're storytelling online. Yeah. I what don't know I, about you, Chris. Oh, God. Last Changeling game, uh, I was, first of all, I was extremely tired because we have a, we, we've gotten the time slot from 10 to 10 p.m. to midnight. That's our time slot. Um, so I'm, I'm tired after work. And I, I came home and I, I, I still haven't figured out a good way to do the notes so that I will actually read them while I'm storytelling because sometimes somehow I forget to do that. Me too. Yeah. Now, as you probably noticed when we played uh, Stories from Chicago is that I actually had physical papers. I had mm-hmm. printed out like scene, number and like the name. So I would hopefully remember to look at the papers for just a second to remind myself what was going to happen. And we were playing the last Changeling game and I had... Spoiler, that it's going to come out on YouTube soon anyway. Uh, one of the players, Keeper, the true fae, like the big, big bad guys, shows up at the end. And I had planned things to go a certain way. Immediately, five minutes into the game, obviously, guess who does something unexpected? Harry, Nate. Harry, Nate. Just off the rails. Starts A fire starts. Everything just goes to chaos. I'm like, oh, fuck the notes. And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, Last 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes we have, well, half hour, actually. I am struggling to keep my eyes open because I'm so tired. And I'm like, oh, shit, I have the scene planned out. Okay, I got to do it. So I'm like slapping my leg to keep to, to wake up. And I, I, the players played it off amazingly well. But I think you can tell if you watch the VOD that I'm, I'm not at my top game. Uh, but I had to get that scene out. And just... Every, for me, storytelling, the hour before the game starts, I feel physically sick um, every time. I want to throw up. Uh, I'm so sorry. It, it, it's fine. I, I mitigated somewhat by having afternoon naps when I came home, come home if I have time for it. But Josh, you probably re- recognize this as well. It's like, ah, let's just cancel the game. <laughs> that, <laughs> you have yeah. that one thought at one point, like, no, no game today. Yeah, they, they wouldn't mind if we, we didn't do it this yeah. week, right? Yeah. Yeah, And I used to feel this way even when it wasn't streaming. I used to feel this way about a lot of games I was running. And now when I go to games that I'm not streaming, I'm like, ah, oh, this is so nice. I can just, <laughs> I can chat with people. We can have fun. It's like, like, obviously I'm having fun with the streams, but like I have to be on point, 100% focus on the story. Now I can like, ah, did you guys read that thing? Like, da, 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 da. Can't have that in the stream because um, we, we have limited amount of time. Uh, but I, I hope I'm not pushing that stress onto you as players, because that's really not what I want. Not at all. You're so cool, calm, and collected. I would never have known that you wanted to barf right before coming on. <laughs> it's it's um, that's my secret. I always want to barf. <laughs> um, but but uh, stories from Chicago is we did realize after the last session, like, all right, we're not going to be able to do it three sessions. Are you guys okay with? Oh, let's just Maria. I don't know. Take. Harry with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, uh, I, I think it would be doing you guys a big bad if I said, no, we're just playing one more session because we need four. 
and um yeah i really really enjoyed uh, episode two of stories from chicago because you guys did a lot of interaction with each other you planned out to discuss the pros and cons you reached out to your contacts you did a lot of communication that way um and everyone got a little more backstory yeah. i think yeah yeah i and uh as a storyteller those are my favorite moments when mm. you're just like here have a thing and then for the next what hour sometimes the players are just like and you just you don't even get an edge wise no, no, yeah. uh, word in and you're just like cool my job is done yeah they're entertaining <laughs> themselves can i can i spoil that's, that's the best bit yeah I, I agree can i spoil a little moment from red red moon role playing um you can for me um their sacrifice campaign have you have you seen it or heard it josh i i heard of it and i know of the sacrifice uh module in chicago by night is it i'm assuming it's based off of that it it is a very first of all very good module one of the absolute best i've ever worked with as far as pre-made adventures go um but there's a very key character like spoilers huge spoilers for 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 that one for now so if you want to check that out maybe skip this there's a key character in chicago it's been a key character for every edition it's genghis or genghis however you want to pronounce it genghis is like the archetypical anarch and he's also champagne champagne or anarch he's rich but he he still plays plays it like he's you know a, a punk rocker he's got um safety pins in his nose shaved head like he's he's hooked up with antifa now and in, in in the new edition they diabolize him in episode eight eight and I was like, because that was just such a huge thing. Like one of the players just freaks out because he hates him and he just sucks him dry, kills him off. And at the end of that episode, I think it was at the end of that episode, another player, Vincent, another character, Vincent, he's freaking out because he's like, oh, fuck. What so he has this huge monologue and he's been kind of, he's been very introverted for the most of the game. Like I get off Vincent's back. Right, because he he gets so much shit in that game. I feel so bad for that character, but he has this little episode where he's monologuing, and it's perfect. Because Clara doesn't say anything for like 15 minutes. Because like, how are we gonna deal with this shit? And the character who did it is like, oh, I don't give a fuck about what you guys are gonna do. I'll be fine. And and it's, and one of the characters is like, oh, this is really bad. But Vincent is just freaking the fuck out, and I loved it. Really, really good scene. And like Josh, Josh said, Clara didn't have to do anything. They were just spinning onto what uh, what little stuff she'd put out there. Okay, spoilers are over. Spoilers are over, peeps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but those are the moments you love as a storyteller. Yes. Yeah, my my favorite moments in um in LA by night and Cult to the Blood Gods and all of the stuff that I listened to. I mean, one of my favorite moments in Vain Pursuit was um, I would start spinning around basically in the car and going like, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Because that's what the characters are so important. Yeah. As yeah. much as the story is. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Player on player interaction is uh, so, so important. And, yeah. and sometimes underrated. People are like, oh, what's the DM going to do next? No one players don't care. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I'm gonna use the spell that I just got doing something <laughs> yeah. stupid. And then this other player's like, ah no, please, 
and then that's that's where the the meat yeah. of it is for me some like most of the time that's the stuff i relish like in in critical role i know in critical role i think is a little bit the exception of that because people are so invested into the characters the, the, the like the character interaction their relationships their histories which are very well done so every time i see someone doing fan art of of mercer i'm like yeah like, because he does an amazing they all do an amazing job but i his binder like he has <laughs> stuff for everything in it but he's been doing it professionally and that's one thing people always should remember he gets paid to do this he's an amazing storyteller but he also thankfully has the time and resources to sit down and, and plan it out really well and hash out with the players um there is so much talent online on youtube there are so many actual plays who get no views there are so many episodes in the ether on podcast and podbean and it just will we're living in a time where we're surrounded by all this amazing stuff we just don't have the time to enjoy it and we're so scared of being like oh i don't want to invest four hours into this group because i don't know if i'm gonna like them like do yourself a favor go out just search for uh actual play on podbean or like podcast and just scroll down for three seconds and pick one at random and listen to an episode and be like hey you might find something you like and can I recommend men something else? Like Huddy was saying, maybe start episode two. Oh yeah, because episode ones can be a bit yeah. a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. People are getting used to the thing. Yeah. yeah, I would even recommend people start episode two with the one that we're doing, yeah. because you you do an excellent uh, re not the, I don't know you do an excellent recap if I recall correctly of mm. the first yeah episode. It's all, it's all in there. And yeah, thank you. I, I don't don't start, don't start episode two. Start episode one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, episode, two has, episode two has a lot more. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. The views. Episode two has a lot more character interaction, and yeah. everyone's gotten kind of settled in. Also, Kitsu isn't blue in episode two. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Um, that was a driver that, yeah. issue, apparently. Kitsu looks like one of those uh, photos you find in the window of a barber. That's been there for like yeah. 40 years, so the sunlight has bleached it into blue. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I, did, I didn't realize that that's where that so webcam weird. came from. It was so weird, and we couldn't figure out what it is. It's like, oh, let's update the drivers to Windows 10. All right, now it works. And plus, in episode two, I'm pretty sure Harry's like constantly using Obfuscator. I think he had a problem yeah, with his yeah. background or something. Yeah, yeah, the green screen was yeah. merging into his clothing. <laughs> So it was very appropriate because yeah, he's Nosferatu. It was totally, and I, I think I noticed like when we were having conversations, like suddenly it would start, like he doesn't want to have this conversation. So <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it's like, and, and if you're a creator out there who, who do uh, your own actual plays and you don't get any views, first of all, my first actual play, which is still out there, we got three views. <laughs> I went in to look at the latest episode. It has three views, and I, I, I SEO'd so much for that one. I tried to spread it out. It was Dungeons and Dragons, oversaturated. Unfort, we were unlucky in getting out there. Uh, don't try to find it, please. Um, I'm gonna find it. Me too. And that's the thing with a lot of YouTube and Facebook and everything like that. The right time and place, you're gonna get attention you could be doing everything right like picard says you can play mm. everything right you can do everything right and still lose mm. if, the, if you if what yeah. you want it to get yeah 
Um, the one thing I say about YouTube or Twitch or whatever is do it because you like making videos or do yeah, it yes. because you like making streams because that is what you will be doing. Yeah. That's what you're spending your time on. Yeah. And there might never be, uh, I guess, a reward in uh, popularity or yeah. money even. Like, just do it because you think yeah. it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what it's for. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've been raised to think that we only matter because mm. of how successful we are. And YouTube is a garbage market for that, if that's how you if, how you want to make it. I, I can only imagine the only other social media platform that's even worse for it is t Tumblr. Um, TikTok. Uh, TikTok, 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 yeah. TikTok, yeah. Play on TikTok. As well. Like, I, I got so many followers over the years on Tumblr, but they only followed me because I reblogged funny memes <laughs> like as soon as yeah. i have anything on my own they were like yeah whatever and that's not on them obviously but yeah like you said josh focus on focus on having fun focus on making something you're proud of and mm. if you get the attention that that's great that's that's amazing but if you're out there listening listen to random stuff as well don't just listen to critical role and and uh, la by night yeah because if you enjoy critical role and you enjoy LA, LA by night. I promise you, there are a lot of people mm. out there that are having a lot of fun playing, and and you might you might find a new story that you enjoy yeah. mm -hmm. if you have the spare time, yeah. which is the thing. Like which is were. hard with as yeah. many as there That's, are. Yeah, like roll for it. Yeah, which uh, it. or or bloodlust or, or by yeah, night. stories in Chicago. Josh, are you on Roll For It? And I know Mathis Games is on Roll For It. Are you? I am a guest character on that one. Yeah, yeah someone recommended that to me in one of my videos, left it in my comments. And I went and looked at it and I'm like, it's Josh. I'm yeah, like, yeah. What? I'm, yeah. I'm a, a creepy AF Tremere. <laughs> yeah, and so I like put it in my my like watch later thing immediately. I just haven't uh, gotten to I'm it. Gonna, I'm gonna check it out too. And we have ATL by night, uh, Long Beach by night is also a thing. Like, there's a lot of really great stuff out there. Um, uh -huh. And mm. be kind. Not everyone is an actor. Like, they're, they're trying. Absolutely. You'll get into it. And soon, uh, like this Monday, I think. Wait. GP, is it this Monday or next Monday? I'm starting Sunkist, which is a, a, a vampire campaign. Cool. Uh, on, on your channel? Not my channel. I will host it on my Twitch channel, but that will be on Sheepdog's channel. I Ooh. Don't know if still here in chat. Nice. Yeah. I'll be in chat. I'll be bugging you guys in chat. Yeah. I'll check it out too. <laughs> Ooh, it's been about two hours. Mm -hmm. I am exhausted. Me too. Yeah. I have to walk my dog. <laughs> Uh, this has been a really interesting conversation. This was a lot more personal, I think, than uh, our previous videos have been. Um, mm -hmm. But that's good, in my opinion, anyway. And... It's it's nice to know the person behind the the creator. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the plan is hopefully next episode we will be covering Bloodlines two and probably probably Bloodlines one. Yeah. 1 because of the impending release this year yep. at some mm -hmm. point. Yep. So uh, subscribe to the Primogen. And we'll also have another um, Vain Pursuit episode oh, to yeah. discuss, which sure. hopefully we'll have more connections yeah. between we'll, the two we'll, games. We'll have an actual connection because Outstar will hopefully be here, right? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Hopefully. Uh, preliminary date, 16th of February. 
not entirely reliable. We'll see. But <laughs> if, if it's coming out, we'll tell you. Um, we try to do these bi-weekly, but it's hard getting four people together when there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching, for showing up on this Sunday morning. And uh, watch, Amazing. watch Josh's review of Chicago by Night. Yeah. Uh, should, should we go around and say what we've been doing recently? Hadi, after you. Oh, well, recently I've been just doing stuff on YouTube, Vampire Masquerade stuff and playing Chicago Stories. And go check me out over there. I don't do Twitch. I'm sorry. Prim. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm doing a hell yeah in the chat. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm dropping a hell yeah in the yeah, chat. Yeah. Um, I'm Prim the Primogen. Uh, Christian is my real name. And I do lore videos, Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf the Apocalypse right now. I've done some Changeling ones. I am also occasionally streaming stuff, and uh, I also storytell Chicago stories. No, it's stories from stories Chicago. Stories from Chicago. God damn it, I said just it Just rename it to Chicago yeah. stories. Then I, I will be right. I will. I'm going to rename it to Chicago stories. It just flows much better. I also do Changeling the Lost, Lil Brook Reunion on... Um, the Onyx Path on Twitch every Thursday at 10 p.m. Central European time, so that's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, I think that's it right now. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You find me on Twitter. I'm very rarely on Twitch. Yeah. Well, if you're watching this live right now, you can press the follow button and you'll see me playing video games and uh, vampire stuff and then more episodes of this, hopefully. Um, or you can go over to Strange Adventures on YouTube where I talk about vampires and role-playing and I am planning my own campaign and will hopefully be able to help you with yours in videos that I'm making in the future. I still have a ton of, like, I've got 30 ideas for videos to put on Strange Adventures and I need to know which ones to do first. I have no idea. I'm just going to plow through them. Blindfold and throw a dart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm having a great time on Strange Adventures. Please come yeah. and hang out. My latest video is a review of the Chicago by Night 5th edition book, which I think is pretty damn great. Mm -hmm. yeah. With caveats. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to watch it right now afterwards. Uh, and you guys watch the, um, what do we call them? Uh, Spurt, the Kobold videos. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I'm doing uh, next. And, uh, <laughs> Spurt tell, the Kobold. Tell me your reactions. And I guess we also have Outstar in this... <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, you yeah. know. Outstar yeah. will be joining us next, yeah, yeah. next time, so I imagine. So check out her stuff, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Thinking she's Stop so great. <laughs> We're not salty. <clears throat> <laughs>